Jolly good fellow. He's a jolly good fellow. Yeah. Ah, to another episode of Halloween is Forever. I'm Brian. I'm Meg. I'm Steve. Guys, expected a bigger pop for that. I'm be honest with you. Expected no. a bigger pop. <laughs> expected. Um, I expected. Maybe I didn't expect like a like a Road Warrior pop, but I really thought there was going to be something better. <laughs> hey Brian, that, know your audience. I thought it was clever. Know yeah. your audience. That's true. My audience. <laughs> Hates me. Um, so, but I am excited, guys. I'm fucking psyched because in my mind, listen, it's May. And May is the beginning of summer. And summer means camp slashers. And also, summer means pre-Halloween. So, I mean, listen, it's all looking up from here on out for the rest of the calendar year. We've got through the piece of shit months that everybody hates. We've got through st patrick's day with those filthy illiterate irish locusts we've gone through the piece <laughs> of right shit <laughs> holiday that is Get valentine's him. day everyone fucking hates valentine's day we're through all that bullshit the weather is broken it's nice outside and it's all gravy from here on out guys um so let's kick it off right with a little uh franchise called friday the 13th we've been at this almost a year we haven't done that yet I feel like it's mm-hmm. surprising. Kind of surprising, but I mean, the wheel giveth and the wheel taketh away. That's true. We <laughs> so. are we are at the mercy of uh, of of to, really Tubi and the wheel. I mean, and those ben, are really apparently what they, as and, for and last, also apparently as for our last episode. <laughs> we, yeah. yeah, we've exercised that demon. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or we've opened up um, a Pandora's box um, to the point where it's now going to spiral out of control. From I'm here. wondering how many suggestions we're going to get from here on out, though, that they're expecting, though, like. Mm. They're oh. gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna influence it. Yeah, like bring Ben back so you can talk about like, like Sasquatch mating rituals and things like that. Like very <laughs> right. specific squatch related topics. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, he he put the earworm out for that Primal Rage movie, and yeah, now people are like, did, didn't he? He fucking yeah. did, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, people are like, oh, we won't see Bigfoot take. Forest prize the pound tan. You gotta do that. Do that show. <laughs> Yinzer saying forest prides is a funny, uh, funny phrase to say with the Yinzer accent. Um, forest you know, forest prides. So, yeah. I find it so appropriate, though, too, that we just had him on, though, and the sequel's coming out next week or this yeah. week yeah. when this comes out. Like, it's insane yes yeah and and i i am gonna try to make where i don't know about you guys we we talked about it really briefly but i'm gonna try to figure out a way to get out to the premiere of uh mm-hmm. isn't it called S- bigfoot colon the movie colon the sequel yes i is. think which is a very good name i mean it's a, it's a great title um and if it's any indication <laughs> the first movie was a fucking treat i feel like this is probably yeah. gonna be good as well so um, if you're if you're listening to this episode on Monday when it releases, it's yeah. releasing on Monday the second. That premiere is Wednesday the fourth in West Mifflin. I'm pretty <laughs> sure like Pittsburgh Dad has posted like how to get tickets for it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah check yeah, that out sure. if you can, if you want. But don't buy them all because we're gonna try to get some. So don't be rude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't be rude. Don't hoard the tickets. Um, yes, but that's not weird. 
Yeah, scalper tickets, yeah. tickets, tickets outside, just walking past people at the West Mifflin Theater. We'll be sitting outside the giant eagle near the cart return. Be like, hey, <laughs> tickets, tickets. Be like, tickets, tickets for what? And be like, what do you mean tickets for what? <laughs> um, so, but that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about Bigfoot. We're not talking about squatching. We're talking about Friday the 13th. Where, guys, in 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 the the hierarchy of your like big uh, uh, kind of, um, you know, uh, pillar franchises of the horror world. Where does Friday the 13th fit for you? Like, is it, is it near the top? Is it, you know, where, where, where personally, how do you feel about it? So for me, I think it's at the top. Yeah. Uh, I, I have very Even higher uh, than Hellraiser for you. Yeah, no, that's just like a personal hobby that I know all of those movies. But <laughs> I don't, but I obviously don't love all of those movies. <laughs> gotcha, right, sure. But uh, I have a very, very distinct memory of uh, fr- uh, Friday the 13th Part 6 airing on Monster Vision same. on TNT. Fucking same. And yep. I, I watched that, in the, that opening scene and holy shit, like it both upset me and it was one of those things where like oh i'm too young to be seeing this i'm going to get in trouble if somebody catches me watching this yeah like yeah <laughs> i think i did the same thing on monster vision and i also re- remember and this might be a um one of those memories that's kind of like glommed onto another memory but i also remember watching it on uh, usa up all night with mm. with with ronda sheer and or gilbert godfrey r.i.p yeah. um because my uh, we we watched both as a kid. My dad watched uh, watched Monster Vision, but he was a bigger USA Up All Night fan. Um, mm-hmm. But I do remember watching it on both in in some capacity. And oddly enough, six was one of the first. Six may have been the first Friday Thirteenth movie I saw. Right. Yeah. I, I same. And I think yeah. uh, we'll talk about it later yeah. when we get into it. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, my, my USA up all night, if we're just talking for a second about Gilbert Godfrey and that legacy, mm-hmm. uh, my uh, my memory is always tied to Toxic Avenger 3. <laughs> I was going to say Toxic Avenger and Swamp Thing. I remember yeah. watching Swamp yeah. Thing and Toxic Avenger on USA up all night. Yeah, and yeah. also watching, um, I don't know if it was, it was, it was a either, uh, it was another trauma film and it was either class of nukem high mm-hmm. or one of the other kind of like tromaville like high school it might have even been like class of 1984 which i know is not a trauma film but it was something in that vein i remember right. very very um vividly watching on usa up all night yeah i no, I, I i i think at least may, i think maybe part two or three may have made mm-hmm. up all night so yeah 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 Probably. Meg, what, what about you? Where's Friday the 13th fall for you? So I think in comparison, I just wasn't as familiar with the, the franchise. And uh, like even watching these, I think I found one that I like actually really, really enjoyed because up to that point, I really only saw the first one. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, for me, I've enjoyed the movies, so I don't really have much to compare it to, like, say, before comparing like Halloween and Hellraiser and all that. I mean, so far, I wouldn't necessarily put it as my favorite right now, but I like it a lot. Like, you know, yeah. it'd be like right in the middle or so for right now. I'm hoping let's let's give a timeline on this, guys, because I don't want to be that person. So <laughs> by the end of the year, I will start giving you guys my like franchise top five. OK, mm. 
I'm promising yeah. it here now. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I have, I, it is well established. I, I am a, a diehard for better, or for worse Halloween fan. So the Halloween franchise is, is, is top for me. Um, and then, you know, for a long time, the Texas Chainsaw, although it's, it's not as long of a franchise, I'm a huge Texas Chainsaw fan as well. Um, you know, Gremlins, there's, I know, I understand that we're not talking about a lot of movies in those franchises, but Friday the 13th has definitely grown on me. I remember as a kid, not, not that I wasn't into it, but it was one of those things where I, I think as I'm discovering my kind of taste and, you know, probably as a child tying your identity a little bit too closely to the movies that you really like, like I was always all about um, uh, Halloween and the Alien franchise, like those were the mm -hmm. ones that I absolutely adored. Mm -hmm. But oh, and, and I didn't like Friday Thirteenth. Not that I didn't like Friday Thirteenth, but I always thought it was just like kind of a like a douchey, like I don't know, jockish version of Halloween in a way. <laughs> but in recent years, like probably in the last five to ten years, I have learned to appreciate the Friday Thirteenth movies way, way more mm -hmm. to the point where they might it might be in that you know number two-ish kind of range for me behind Halloween. I mean, there's Ooh. a couple that are in that um, in that franchise, you know, or in that uh, in that tier as well. Listen, I'm not going to get into ghoulies, but it's it's up there. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's I, I have it has grown on me for yeah. sure. I've started to appreciate the it's weird to say consistency, but n almost none of the Friday the 13th movies are like unwatchable. Whereas some of the Halloween franchise movies are wholly unwatchable. So <laughs> right. it's like the Halloween franchise, I feel like the highs are higher and the lows are lower. Whereas Friday the 13th, for the most part, is pretty even keeled. You know, yeah. Hellraiser, we've established some of them are completely <laughs> fucking unwatchable. Um, and I feel like there's not really any Friday the 13th movies that are just completely unwatchable. No, I mean, even even the 2009 remake, I don't like it, yeah. but it's not the worst thing that's made. It's no. just, it's just, but it it also just like has no point in existing. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's definitely near the bottom for me. But if that's as bad as it gets, like, yeah, I can I can deal with it. You know, I, I, mean? I honestly still think Jason Goes to Hell is probably worse. Like, uh -huh. Yeah, it's it pretty should, fucking it bad. But there's some cool, like, gross-out stuff there, and I do mm -hmm. like the tone a little bit. It's, like, horribly paced and kind of fucking boring at parts, but there are yeah. some cool kills and stuff. And also, I'm just, like, a sucker for any movie that has, um, like... Um, scenes in a morgue with like a coroner yeah. kind of thing. Like, I don't know why I'm just a sucker for that. I think See, it has to do with uh, John Carpenter in uh, body bags. Like I feel like sure. everything comes back to my love for that movie, but See, I think I think Friday or I think Jason Goes to Hell would be a lot better if it wasn't a Friday the 13th movie. If yeah, it had nothing to do with Jason. If it I was agree. just like a weird wormy killer guy, that's mm -hmm. a great it's a great gross out type movie. Yeah. But like trying to make it into the Jason lore is doo doo. Yeah, it doesn't need to be. It felt like, and and I don't know en enough about that movie because it's probably my least favorite in the franchise until 2019, which I don't even necessarily think of as being part of the franchise. I know it is, but mm. um, it's a remake, reimagining, whatever. Yeah. But I do think that it feels like 
a couple of those Hellraiser movies that were totally <laughs> separate scripts <laughs> that got like backed into the franchise. Like I wouldn't be surprised if somebody told me that was the case. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. And I haven't done the research either because I haven't seen that movie since probably it came out even. I watched it. I'll tell you when I watched it. I remember um, when we were on my at my brother's uh, uh, wedding in California and we were like the morning of his wedding. We were all like drinking and getting like prepared for the wedding, getting our suits on and stuff like that. It was me and like my brother and our his groomsmen. And it was in October and there was a Friday the 13th uh, marathon on mm. uh, uh, AMC or something like that. It was doing that yeah. like Saturday all day, you know, Friday the 13th thing. And we watched like four of them <laughs> that mm. day uh, of the day of his wedding. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them or three of I don't remember how many and one of them was seven yeah <laughs> nine or nine 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 nine, nine. Yes, yeah sorry yeah that's funny as fuck that sounds like a perfect wedding day <laughs> yeah the day, if I ever get the married, day again, he was exactly married what I'm gonna do is just put on horror movies all day for everyone <laughs> yeah I remember we watched uh we watched we started in the morning we caught like the end of six and then I think like in the morning and then we watched seven, eight, and nine, like throughout the morning into the afternoon. Nice. <laughs> so we caught the really, the prime part of the franchise. <laughs> but, all right. In any case, we are going to jump into our picks for the Friday the 13th franchise here in a hot second. Before we do that, um, if you have any interest in the future in helping us to pick these topics, whether it be suggesting showdown uh, episode topics, which we do once a month, or mini-sodes, which come out in the other weeks, um, or you just want to see some damn spooky ooky shit on the internet, go ahead and give us a follow over on the social medias. We have at Halloween is forever on um on Instagram, Halloween is Forever podcast on Facebook, at Hallow Forever on Twitter, Halloween is Forever pod on the Tiki Talkies, or Halloween is Forever pod at gmail.com if you just want to send one of them emails. But um, yeah, send us this stuff. We'll put it on the list and then we'll let the fucking wheel sort it out, guys. What are we drinking beers wise? Does everybody have beers? I know I got a beers. Mm-hmm. I got beers. Yeah. We got it, Steve. Okay, so I got a, a weird one. It's a my friend Katie brought this back from her trip in Oklahoma, and it's called Moon Catacomb by the Heirloom uh, Rustic Ales out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh, I've but, heard of them. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've had any of the beers, but but it comes. It, it she brought it back in this weird little eight that's ounce a, crowlet. I know. Well, I was gonna say that's a baby guy. <laughs> well, that's what you. The way you were holding, it, I was like. Damn, Steve, you got giant hands. <laughs> I'm just kind of look small in my hands. <laughs> really look, Andre the giant hands. I never yeah. noticed. But uh, it, yeah, so I guess she was at this. Uh, she was at this craft beer bar, and they do these eight ounce crowlets, and they just mm-hmm. come in like these little grenado cans. And uh, yeah, it's called the Oak and Ore uh, Craft Ale. So yeah, I'm very intrigued. It's a what style, so, is it? Yeah. So the beer itself is a imperial pastry stout that mm. is 10 percent, and it is sounds about right and can i say it, sounds about right you can say that but hold on <laughs> <laughs> and it's cold conditioned on 3491 oreos oh my fucking god <laughs> i my you're body a is garbage you're a garbage can <laughs> yes <laughs> that sounds disgusting give me the garbage <laughs> 
You said it like you were going to redeem yourself, but then you were like, and then it was aged on um, just mashed up sweaty fudge. Yeah. Vegan fudge. Brian. Oh, <laughs> now Excuse me, that I makes get it so much angle. better. Now yeah. I get your angle. Yeah. Is it good? Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a lot of build up breath. Yeah. Well, I, I've never had it before. I, I was just drinking it tonight because it was in my fridge. But mm. I, uh, it's like I've had better. Like the even just out of Oklahoma, I've had better. The the Prairie Double Dunk. That's oh, yeah. actually Prairie like, Fox. I like yeah. Prairie a lot. Yeah, that's a their double dunk is actually a really good Oreo, and it's probably it's probably my favorite that I've had. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, also everybody who's in Pittsburgh knows about the Hitchhiker Oreo Speedwagon, and I think that's yeah. better than what I'm drinking right now. Mm. But that's not, also a great name for a beer. I'm gonna be honest. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's how a they how name. they didn't get sued, I don't know, but <laughs> oh yeah, they probably got a cease and desist. But um, yeah, I. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Something about I love Oreos, but besides Oreo O cereal, I can't mm-hmm. say I've ever had anything that I was like, yes. Uh, or or obviously Oreo, Oreo ice ice cream. Yeah, yeah I was, was going to say yeah, like Oreo yeah. ice cream rules or just cookies and cream, which is just basically, um, you know, yes. non-branded uh, Oreo. But Meg, why are you making ucky face at cookies I and just- cream? I just don't like it. I just feel like it's the most boring ice cream I've ever had oh, in my entire so, life. So, so un-American. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I will let you know that. You um, coastal elite piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> my friend got me the most chocolatiest ice cream like a week ago. It was right after I moved. And I've been just eating that with peanut butter for like a week now. Oh, and yeah. so that's what I fuck with, guys. Like, give me all the chocolate. But then just throw some peanut butter in it. Well, all there is not an ice cream that doesn't benefit from adding peanut butter to it. And I firmly believe that. I love all ice cream, even like uh, uh, maybe with the exception of like a, a fruit ice cream, because I do like a fruit ice cream, like a you black raspberry I, ice cream yeah. or something. You know what I've been really fucking with that I'll, I'll actively buy regularly is that Jenny's brand. But it's um like this like peaches and cream, but it has like biscuits in it. Mm. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Dude. chunks i like a chunky ice cream i mm-hmm. like things in my ice cream yep are like they that brand contrast. from ohio i don't know is jenny's from ohio i thought they were from ohio and then like because i i'm pretty sure they are because they had like they had uh, a listeria scare mm. many years ago because mm. they because they do <laughs> things all natural and everything so like you know i mean we've all heard of brunton's milk having listeria as well so <laughs> i don't know it's not a big deal. Hmm, you just poop a little bit. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, you'll be all right. I eat old ham salad all the time. Yeah. Um, you could tell we're talking that be- that Steve started the beer <laughs> discussion because we ended up on fucking ice cream. Yeah. Um, Gosh. <laughs> what do you got, Meg? So I'm drinking. I have uh, just a few more cans left from my Austin trip, and I'm drinking the Big Bark from uh, Live Oak. Live Oak. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty fucking delicious. It's just like this, like nice ambi loggy boy. I know, so really underappreciated. Nice. Just a good old Vienna ass lager, I think, is what they call mm-hmm. it. Or maybe they call it a Mertzen. I don't know, but it's good as hell. Um, I am drinking uh, a beer from our lovely friend Malcolm. Made this oh, yeah, over at that. Hop Farm Brewing. It is called Pub Games. 
which is in 4% English dark mild. Yeah, it is super straightforward, just like slightly toasty, biscuity, excuse me, I have hiccups. Toasty, biscuity, um, little tiny bit of kind of roast edges to it, but just like a real easy drinking English mild. You could drink about a hundred of them, which is nice. Um, I also have his Hellas as well, uh, which I'm going to drink after this called porch beer, which is, um, I had one at the pub and it's pretty, pretty nice as well. So, hmm. so the opposite of Oreo yes. cake fucks, <laughs> Oreo, Oreo cake farts. Um, we're going mild and Hellas. My be- my beers for getting wasted and playing Call of Duty, and Brian's beers for getting not so wasted and playing darts. So. I was gonna say you're playing solitaire. Yeah, darts right. is more generous, but yes. well, you said English, and that's that's immediately what comes to mind. That's true. That's true. Well, uh, yes. Let is get into the movies, guys. Um, so as the reigning champ. Two-time repeat reigning champ. Listen, I'm not mincing words here. Go I'm down. just gonna say it the fucking way that it is. That's that's the reality Your of the situation. This four percent's getting to me. This four percent's getting to me. I'm 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 listen, I'm feeling I'm feeling champ vibes right now. But I You know when I like do the shimmy shake, I feel like that's where you're at. Yeah, yeah, you're at the shimmy shake that's, level. That's kind of yeah. where I'm at right now. Like I'm kind of <laughs> yeah. posturing. I do mm-hmm. think though, despite the fact this may come back to bite me, I do think it's probably appropriate that we go in chronological order Ooh. of our picks. Um I don't like I said, I don't know if this is me acting um, against my best interest, but I do think it probably makes sense to go in chronological order. So that being said, um, Meg is picked the first movie in the franchise, Friday the 13th, and then Steve's got part four, and then I have part six. So I think we'll go in that order. I don't know that, like I said, that's going to benefit me too much, but I feel like that otherwise it's going to bother me. Um, and I don't know why. And, uh, like I said, I'm probably sabotaging myself, but that said, uh, for those of you who are new to this kind of concept here we're each going to talk about our movies we're going to argue which one is the best and at the end we're going to vote and if we all vote for our own so be it that's what typically happens if not then obviously that'll help dictate who wins but if we do all vote for our own movies which does typically happen then we will um go to our second pick and then figure out who wins and if it does end up in a tie which has never happened before but has almost happened before it will go to the listeners uh on the social medias to decide who takes home the motherfucking championship belt for the month so with all that being said meg the floor is yours fuck yeah it is let's fucking go so i i actually felt like i'm glad we're doing this way too because i thought the same thing i was like yeah makes sense mm-hmm. so what i love about um just the original a lot is that I, I mean, a it hits a lot of like tropes that we then learn to like really love throughout other movies, but also it like sets the stage for every other movie that happens. Like we get to learn a lot of the background. Um, like when we're opening it, we get we really get introduced from the get go about what Camp Crystal Lake is. So we start out in 1958, and we learned that that night is when two camp counselors end up getting murdered but it was a year prior where a young boy 
gets murdered in 1957. So now jump to, I'm pretty sure what we're dealing with 1980 at this point, Mm -hmm. if I remember correctly. And we're getting, we're getting introduced to when the camp is being reopened by a gentle sir named Steve. And I forget his last name off the top of my head, but Chris, Christy, Steve, Christy, gentle sir. I would not say though, because Mm, this is, this is something where, it's, it's it creepy. wouldn't happen in nowadays because local childless, wifeless pervert reopens murder <laughs> camp. That doesn't fly in 2022. Yeah. <laughs> with yeah. express per- with express purpose of grooming young girls. Like, yeah. That's essentially what Mr. Christie does. Mm-hmm. And he wears very short shorts and never wears a shirt. Mm-hmm. Like a like a Glen like a Glenjamin Danzig. <laughs> he did never <laughs> wears a shirt. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Okay. Now it's all rude. <laughs> it's well, no one ever place. said. No one ever said. <laughs> fine. Steve Christie no, is the hero of the movie. Yeah, he's so. not the hero of the movie. No, he's not. Yeah, yeah he's a piece no. of shit. Fuck we, him. He is just a person. He is who it? reopened the camp. Yes, that's it. He's he he really being. actually is the really in a lot of ways the asshole who opened the Pandora's box. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, with no regard really to any of the local lore. So. As all the counselors are coming in, they're constantly saying that everyone in town is like, this is camp blood, you know? So they're, they have that in the back of their head, yet every other instinct inside of them, what, maybe it was Steve leading up to it. Like, we don't clearly know that, but like he probably sold it as like, no, nothing's wrong. Everything's great. We're just going to reopen this. It's a beautiful fucking camp. We, you know, so everyone shows up though, and it's still kind of in disarray and they're like, oh, so we have to like clean everything and rebuild everything for you. Cool. That takes up, I think, a lot of the time. But throughout that period, you know, our first primary kill besides the first two counselors in 58 is Annie. So Annie was supposed to be the cook for the camp. And she, as she's coming into town, she gets dropped off at basically the main street leading into the camp and then gets picked up by our presumed killer at that point. And she, clearly it is and she ends up getting killed pretty quick and um so yeah so then we're back at the camp basically the all the counselors are you know doing their typical teenage stuff there's a lot of you know ass grabbing mac and like hey this is our fun summer we're gonna have this casual casual racism uh yeah all the things Yeah. yeah i it, I feel like sometimes it's like hard to talk about that. Like these movies, because <laughs> like, you're like, yeah. this would literally never, we would not be able to have this. No, movie this today movie is 1980 schlock and casual racism yeah. and or homophobia are in all of these movies. Yeah. Like it's never not yes. going to be there. I feel like um, at this point, it's a given that all of this stuff. Yeah, yes, I will happening. say. Two things in the first couple scenes in this movie. One, sure. I do appreciate the the how you know singing Jesus songs in the cabin together makes everyone super horny. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh yeah, there is some sort of like deep seated <laughs> like repressed uh, religious trauma that speaks to me in that capacity. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I was gonna yeah. ask that. Um, and then the- did you notice though in that scene too, like where the girl that's playing guitar that obviously got up and left. She like literally actually wasn't. And I don't know why this like caught me where she, I was like, oh, this is a great scene. Yeah, they're playing, they're singing songs and blah, blah, blah. Great camp stuff. And then you just see her stop, but the music's still playing. You're like, oh, 
those type of things stick out to me. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, man, all this religious singing is making me horny. Um, well, you know, <laughs> Michael Rowan is boat ashore. That's just like a real, like it's a it's a metaphor because it's Michael's, a thinly veiled, yeah, sexual metaphor. See, Michael's boat, that's his boner, and then like the shore <laughs> is like it's wet. So he's like rowing his boat ashore mm-hmm. into the wetness. So yeah, <laughs> it's yep. all it's on all the there. surface. And that's uh, how it gets teens pumped up. I did not go up. to any sort of religious school, but I will accept these terms yeah. at this point. <laughs> yeah. um, also, I, I do, like, I have always known that there is a lot of, you know, th- this movie, I mean, the director, um, Cunningham, Sean Cunningham, has come out and said flat out, like, yeah, this was a Halloween ripoff mm-hmm. um, in a lot of ways. Um and I knew there was obviously Texas Chainsaw elements to it, but I didn't realize until this watch how many um, psycho elements are ripped off too. Oh like yeah, how that, much the yeah. first Hitch- score is so Definitely. strong. Yeah. Between, I mean, mm-hmm. I know the Harry Manfredini thing was like heavily influenced by by Hitchcock scores, mm-hmm. but I don't know how I never realized in the past that like the fact that Annie is set up very much to be the protagonist and you're they desperately want you to like her mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then they kill her off is, is a, mm-hmm. is, is a straightforward psycho ripoff. Yeah. The, the only thing mm-hmm. I don't love about the, the whole setup with Annie, like I, mm-hmm. I like the fact that they do try to set you up that she's going to be the protagonist and everything. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I don't like it, but I also see how it works is that she's in the truck with the townie. Yeah. And the townie, basically gives her the whole exposition dump of why the camp is cursed and is in trouble and you know the murders and all of it yeah and then like normally in a movie annie would carry that information to the rest of the characters right Mm -hmm. but she gets killed before she can do that however like i just uh, i don't know that puts us as an audience that puts us ahead of everybody else Mm mm-hmm and then it gets reiterated at the end of the movie as well by Pamela Voorhees. So it's mm-hmm. like, I don't know, it's effective, but also I don't like it. It's weird. <laughs> I can't it is like, it. No, I agree. Yeah. Steve, I, I agree. And I think the reason why is it almost feels like three different movies. Like there's the Annie storyline. Mm-hmm. Then there's the, the Pamela Voorhees storyline. And then there's the kids storyline, the camp, you know, the counselor storyline. Mm-hmm. And the three of them really don't intersect strongly and the steve storyline I mean, do but what's that and the steve storyline because oh yeah there's a whole so fucking too. thing with him leaving and then you see him at a diner like yeah. who gives a shit he should have been and he just he like been abandons killed. yeah he <laughs> abandons all the people he just hired yeah several of which literally just arrived that day and some of which are unaccounted for and he's eating pie and drinking coffee and flirting with an old blue-haired woman at the <laughs> diner like what the fuck are you doing steve yeah. Yeah. No, I can I can agree too that I I've kind of wish Annie had been like our Alice of the movie, but I what I kind of like though is that it I think created some re maybe a little bit of reality to it because I think instead of it just being like oh yes we as the audience member want to see that seamless flow through we're just now getting to know these characters and 
understanding the whole situation, understanding, I think they're creating this natural chaos to what, cause like, if you think about it, like we really don't see Pamela until the end. Mm -hmm. We just yeah. see all these. It feels like, like a different kills. movie almost at the end. Yeah. Right. But, but like, I think knowing Jason and like later movies and like what he is capable of doing and how powerful I, I, I wonder if like there is some power to creating chaos where no, like no one can catch up to, the murder that's happening right like no one can catch up to pamela so you're kind of constantly because i what i did have a note is i do think they do a good job in this one of like creating attention throughout the whole thing mm -hmm. which you know what i mean and i think that's one of the pluses for mm -hmm. it but i think like keeping things so separate and like what you said steve i think is a great point that you, you, the audience member does know you're like oh my god like we know something's gonna happen we all know that there's a murderer and you're being watched but it, so there's like this this chaos that's happening that's yeah. like so quiet they, and calm, but so it's tense. They, they lend them to them like they have memorable characters, honestly. Like as far as a camp slasher is concerned, even considering other ones that were like ripoffs of this or other like Halloween adjacent films, like they have a pretty darn memorable cast of 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 teens in this movie. I do think that, and I think that helps to to thread everything together. But the fact that it works and that they were able to retrofit this, this haphazard story into something that actually makes sense for a, a longer running franchise story, I think is like a happy accident a little bit mm -hmm. because it, uh, that stuff was all retrofitted. Right. You know what I mean? Like this was supposed to be one movie and then Jason, you know, and then they added Jason in the next movie and then they tried to reimagine it later and with the next, you know, the final chapter and then that fucking bombed. So then they brought, you know, Jason. Lit. So like, I feel like the story of this movie is a bunch of people like, or this franchise, and I don't, I'm not saying this in a bad way. I kind of think it makes it more interesting is like this whole franchise is a bunch of people like slipping on banana peels towards the finish line. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like they are just, they can't, no matter how bad they try to fuck up the franchise they always land on their feet for whatever right. reason <laughs> yeah. whereas halloween franchise never did that like they fucking fell on their face multiple times right they they, they would fall on their ass or because like i mean the analog for halloween is halloween 3 season of the witch which doesn't have michael myers mm -hmm. but the analog to that in this franchise is five that doesn't have jason but even still it it's a uh, it still is connected to the franchise yeah. because it still yeah. has like main characters. It still has Jason technically. Yeah. Cause like Jason appears as a ghost. So like, yeah, they still kind of slip on the right things rather than completely throwing away. Not that. And again, also three and five of both franchises are completely maligned because they're great movies. So <laughs> yeah, three, I mean, Friday 13, three, honestly is one of my, no, no, no. Ones I mean, Halloween three. Oh yeah, Halloween yeah. three rules. Yeah, Halloween yeah, yeah. three rules. I'm just saying, like they both get maligned. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. One thing I, I whether it's we talk about this now or later, um, uh, one thing I did notice that I think like works in the Friday the Thirteenth franchise maybe a little bit better than the Halloween franchise is that like I feel like we know Jason's dead from the beginning, so I think there's a lot of exceptions that we make to like why something is actually happening. You're like, okay, he's dead, and there might be some like undead type behavior that is coming out yeah. whereas i feel like michael myers not being dead for a period of like majority of those movies and then like again being like yeah we killed him he's dead and he never dies <laughs> you're like 
there's this frustration that I think even in just like the last one that I got, I was like, that kind of clicked yeah, my brain. I'm like, frustrated by this. It's well established that Michael Myers is, is a mortal man, but it's always ambiguous with mm-hmm. Jason. Like not, well, later on, it's not ambiguous. He's right. a full on fucking zombie. Right. But <laughs> even like in the first, obviously he shows up in the last 10 seconds of the, you know, or for 10 seconds in the first movie. And then from two, one, two, three, and four, and four. I mean, four. Yeah, no, no four. He's four a full-on is, zombie. No, no, no. Four. Four is the final chapter because that's. I know, but he he gets <laughs> he <laughs> the things that happen to him in four that he walks away from make it seem like he's hundred percent undead. We we can argue we can argue that when we get to mine. But <laughs> okay, okay. Three, he breaks his neck, and you're like, oh, he's dead. Okay, like one, two, and three, he's definitely ambiguous whether did, he's mortal did he break his neck because my argument my <laughs> argument is that because jason is of a certain i don't even want to say disability because it obviously works towards him but he's of a certain physiology that his neck can't be broken that taking an axe to the head doesn't <laughs> okay. kill him no 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 no, no. <laughs> yeah, this, is, this is not this but is not the time exactly nor the place to <laughs> No, but this is exactly my point of like saying that like we know clearly the whole Jason story is that he is dead. So that's my point. Yeah, yeah. Is no, that no, like, no, we I know. Agree, I agree. So we make so many mental exceptions to, oh, yes, no, he's coming back. We know he's just never going to actually die. Mm-hmm, he's like, mm-hmm. he's always going to be around um, for whatever reason. Uh, it'd be interesting, just like um, fan film, if it, they did turn like a Jason version of like a zombie film, like a Jason, like Friday the 13th zombie film. Mm-hmm. I'd be like kind of into that. I might follow. I would definitely. I mean, later in the franchise, he's a full-on fucking undead zombie. Like in six, Mm. obviously six, seven for sure, eight, and not like you can see his. But again, I would never put him in that that vein. I would just be like, yes, no, Jason, he's coming back. He's he clearly will just never die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird. It's very ambiguous for sure. So, anywho, yes, more grab assing, more fun little like summer camp fucking things happen. You know, we have one of the counselors, which I think was Ned, drowning. They get him out, and he char- starts basically making out with the chick, trying to like give a mouth to mouth. Pulls a sand lot. Yeah. Pulls a sand lot. Yeah. Exactly. Um, you know, we have stuff like, you know, the snake being in the room, which I thought was just like a fun, like, cause I, I, there's a lot of slowness, I think until we really start getting all of the kills happening. Um, but you know, fun scenes like the snake being in the room, I was like, there's basically having a pillow fight to kill this well, snake. And, and-, and camp movies, camp slashers, no matter how serious they are, you got to have a bunch of grab ass in. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. part of the fun. Yeah, you gotta have some fun. Yeah. yeah. You have to, you putting yourself into the feeling that this is still summer camp though. There are no kids here yet. So basically, I think that's kind of a great setup for that. Uh, Although it's pretty sinister in this. And I do forget how many movies in this franchise, even starting with the first one, are like pretty mean spirited. Like I kind of think <laughs> think about like how mean some of these are. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. we'll get to it. But even like some of the grab ass in this is like pretty dark where like the guy 
almost shoots her with a bow and arrow and it's like oh, yeah. Yeah. That, already, that already happened yeah. yeah no that was that one that was ned that, that was, yeah, was ned. ned yeah 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 that's so, a real yeah, ned's piece just of like shit. basically the camp <laughs> he's the camp clown yeah. he's the one always fucking around and just like making everyone be like god damn it ned but he's also a creep he's a little bit you know he's creeping on um jack and marcy when they're macking near the lake all of that stuff mm-hmm. um but yeah, going along. So one of like earlier when Annie was coming to town, she met Ralph, who is basically like the town loony. Mm-hmm. And he's clearly the one that's trying to make everyone understand that this camp is cursed, that everyone's going to die no matter what. And they eventually actually catch him in the camp. They caught him after the cop already came through and was doing typical cop bullshit yeah, I think that Were you gonna say something no, I was going to say, I think this is one of the tropes because there's a lot that that this movie just unabashedly steals from other classic mm-hmm. horror movies. Um, and, and they're not secretive about it. Like they flat out like Sean Cunningham is, I think, for the most part, pretty, pretty forthright about it. But one of the things I think that this movie did really cement trope wise is the harbinger of doom mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. guy. Like there, yeah. it existed in movies before, but I feel like it really narrowed narrowed it down, like nailed it down a little bit. And the dude, what was his name? Ralph, right? Ralph, yeah. Ralph. Crazy Ralph's, Ralph. Crazy Ralph's accent is always so unexpected. It's yeah, it's like, mm-hmm. it's so funny that you're saying like, and you're right because this is a cementing like character, but mm-hmm. he's so fucking terrible. <laughs> It's so strange. Where is that accent coming from? But if it wasn't like that, it wouldn't stand out and it wouldn't be nearly as memorable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's like, that, curse, you a good that, that camp's got a blood curse. It's like, got a blood curse. It's, it's so weird. It's like weirdly like like it's like a main accent a little bit, yeah. but also like weirdly like like a weird there's a hint of like a aristocratic Britishness in mm-hmm. it too. It's very strange. But I also think it does a good job at making you feel really uncomfortable and be like almost taken back because it's like very because of how uncomfortable it is. You're like, no, this guy's crazy. Yeah. Like if it, if he had a normal accent like another townie, yeah. You, yeah. I, I half wonder if like maybe he was at if he if he was maybe like a British actor or something and like. They told him it was the. They told him the movie was set in New Jersey, and he's never heard anybody from New Jersey, so he just made yeah. something up. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna just go out on a limb and just like actively take offense to that idea, but I'm here for it. <laughs> I Growing mean, up in is, Southern New Jersey, you know, it's a little there's definitely bit, some thick accents. It's close. If you really like dissect it, I feel like it's a little bit close to what's his freaking name? His name's escaping me, but um. Uh, a guy from the Munsters that does the bit or does the uh, character in uh, Pet Cemetery, the dead's but be- sometimes dead's better. Mm-hmm. You know that that guy. What's his name? <laughs> Fucking oh. hell, Fred Gwynn. Fred Gwynn. Yes, I knew it was Fred or Ted or Ed or something. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, it is almost. That's why I say Maine because right. it does feel a little bit like that northeastern accent a little bit it's weird but then there's also so much yeah so much spit all over his lips and in the corners of his mouth it's just like it's such a memorable line delivery did you guys um just uh this reminder do you guys ever have like an older person when you guys were in you know elementary school or high school that just always permanently had like white stuff right around oh my god i had a basketball coach that i just couldn't even look at him (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, and it always smelled like something always smelled. Uh, but yeah, you just described <laughs> like, that it, it smelled it like teeth that rot. Yeah, like, it smelled like gingivitis. Yeah, like, yeah, like you're trying to brush your teeth, but it's not working, bro. Like it's not. Like you got to floss and mouthwash to get rid of a like a mouth rot smell like Almost- that. Yeah, almost like they brushed their teeth but didn't like spit or clean their face off, too, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, I had a basketball coach that I'm picturing his face right Steve. now. It's oh, gross. God, it's the worst. Sorry, you guys triggered that memory. Yeah. You're welcome. I, did, I just never had a teacher like that, thankfully. <laughs> I think I had a dentist and uh, like a music teacher. Oh, no, uh, the anyway. dentist did it? Why would you go no, to that what? dentist? Go to a different dentist. Do you think I chose my dentist when I was a kid? I that's no, right. We do live in America. My, my bad. <laughs> my parents. My parents took me to a bunk ass dentist for like years. Even to this day, I chipped a tooth and I have like a cap on one of the teeth. Actually, I chipped two of my front teeth real bad. And there's like one you know is like a completely half of it's a different color. And I go to the dentist now, and they're like, "Who did this to you?" <laughs> like. <laughs> And I'm like, that's been like that since I was 10 years old. (laughs) Um, Let's keep rolling with this because, yeah. (laughs) Um, Where was that? Okay, I mentioned Kevin Bacon and Marcy. So right after that, though, this is when we start getting into, I think this is when things start moving a little faster Mm -hmm. with the kills that happened in this movie. So we have Kevin Bacon's character, Jack, and Marcy, they find a quiet spot to bang it out because that's what good counselors do, you know? And that's also the trope that they need to follow is that people bang and then they die. Also, it's young Kevin Bacon. Why don't you bang? Yeah. Who wouldn't bang young Kevin Bacon? (laughs) Hunkaholic. Yes, absolutely. That was one of my points that I'm going to make at the end is that this movie had Kevin Bacon. Okay, guys? And this is his first, like, on-screen feature-length debut, I think, too, right? I think so. It's definitely one of his earliest. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and he gets dispatched in a in you know I would say a legendary kill. Mm-hmm. In, you know what I mean? I yeah, that's what I was gonna. Um, that was like the next thing I was gonna mention is that I actually thought I liked his kill. Like I actually think when the kills were actually happening, I think a lot of them were actually pretty mm-hmm. yeah for sure. Um, Tom Savini fucking is the star of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I still guys really hope that we can get Tom Savini on one day. So I can just like mm. Google, like, and just like look at him and be like, can I touch your peck, bro? Like, mm. <laughs> gonna do it? <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm getting off topic now because you guys mentioned Tom Savini. Sexy name. man. I mean, sexy man. Come on. It's sex so machine. Hot. He literally played Can't a character called it. Sex Machine. If I, if I met him on the street, I'd instantly be like, dude, here's my He has a motorcycle. Like, you see my boobs right now. Yeah, you can- he's got a motorcycle. <laughs> he shops at Whole Foods. Like, better. Tom Savini Even fucks. Better. We Guys, all know this. You- okay, you made the sale. Stop selling. <laughs> I've seen him use his bullwhip. It was pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, Tom Savini fucking rules. Okay, I'm going to get quiet now on that one. Um, moving on. I'm getting sweaty and a little bit warm. <laughs> getting sweaty. I'm getting sweaty too. Jesus Christ. All this Tom Savini talks making me horny. Kevin Bacon. Jack. Okay. He is waiting for Marcy to get back. She's like oogling herself in the mirror and like going to the bathroom. But I like it. Basically, hand comes out from over the bed, grabs his head, steps through the bed. She must be like, okay. Let's take a step back here on some of these kills that I did have a note on this. Uh, Pamela Voorhees must be incredibly strong. 
or incredibly big, but she's not. No, that and that's the thing. It's like this movie, I I appreciate the twist and I always love a good twist. And I don't even care if the twist is that like even makes sense as long as it's a good twist. Mm-hmm. Like I want mm-hmm. you to trick me so that the twist is a twist. Right. But mm-hmm. there's some stuff in this that is pretty egregious in terms of like mm-hmm. how did she um hold that grown ass man up against the door and then pin him to the door with a hundred arrows a foot right. above the ground. You know? Right. Shit like yeah. that. Um or even just like her size of like uh I mean even if that's a twin bed, that's still like a lot to like yeah. reach around. You know? Yeah, she's got like a four okay, foot all of a sudden she has Freddie arms. Right now, but what, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and she like to that. to hide the fact of who the killer was that uh, it was uh, Tom Savini's hands that you always right. see. So yeah, ha- big hairy knuckled Tommy's hands. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they call him if you. I mean, if listen, if you've been fondled by Tom Savini, you know why they call him hairy knuckled Tommy. <laughs> big old he's Italian got, hands. <laughs> he's got fucking big old sweaty Italian Can't hands. Stop making the sale here. <laughs> I woke up Die. this morning, got some gabagoo. <laughs> um, he. <laughs> He has big, sweaty Italian hands. And it's funny to pretend that that is an older lady's hands. <laughs> right. Like, what's her right. name again? She, she was, she's been in a million things. God damn. Betsy Palmer. He's, Betsy Palmer. Yeah. yeah. Fam- like, let's have some red herrings, but they're not good ones, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? Yeah. But I think, you know, is time red and herring place, the, the, no the one, Swedish no one, version no one of thought- Gabagool? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh. Yeah, absolutely, actually. Oh, my God. Getting too sorry. Um, no, but <laughs> you talk about Tom Savini's pecs and herring in the same episode. Like Meg's gonna have a problem. <laughs> I'm actually just gonna leave. I'm gonna jump off the episode. You guys, <laughs> I'll go finish. <laughs> I'm pretty. Okay, I'm, I'm pretty sure the ref starts a ten count if you leave. <laughs> <laughs> you get timed out. <laughs> okay. Oh God. Um, what I was saying was time and place though. I think it, I think it works because who I was paying attention. We are paying attention Mm -hmm. to those little things and stuff like that. I think time and place, no one would have even thought about it. You know, no, I remember the first time I saw it. Yeah, no, definitely didn't even think about Tom Savini's hairy knuckles. Yeah. We're, we're, (laughs) we're what we're over 42 years uh, removed from. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah, so we've had plenty of time to rewatch and see all this shit. Although I did see something this watch around that absolutely grossed me the fuck out. What? Do you want to share? I'll share now because we're, we're, we're actually kind of on the scene. Okay. Uh, yeah. So you're talking about Kevin Bacon's getting killed in his bunk while Marcy mm-hmm. is off yeah. in the outhouse, mm-hmm. and yeah. Marcy is barefoot in a camp outhouse. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And then it's not even Marcy. Brenda goes into that same outhouse later and is also barefoot. Mm-hmm. They are barefoot walking around in a shitty camp outhouse. That is the <laughs> grossest fucking thing to me. Oh man. I've the amount of times I yes. shit barefoot in a porta potty, I can't even count. Uh. <laughs> I mean, when I was younger, I wouldn't have thought a thing about it. Now and actually after having lived at a camp for like a few months, I'm like, yeah. Always wearing the Crocs, even in the shower type shit. Yeah, but I mean, think about like, I mean, I get it. Now we know better and we wear, you know, flip flops or Crocs or something like that in like a public, you know, locker room or something like that. But like as a kid, 
I definitely wouldn't have put any fucking shoes on. Dude, Oof. I had planters feet or whatever it's called. Like when I was a kid, planters warts. Yeah, yeah, those. Same. I had those. Me and too. Like, Same thing. I couldn't. I couldn't even go swimming. I couldn't do anything. So I feel like now as an adult, I'm like, yeah, no, gross. Mm-hmm. No, no, Not it is gross. Feet. I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't argue that. I think I mixed athlete's foot with planters. <clears> oh, I had planters warts, which fucking sucked because yeah. I had to get them frozen, yeah. and then I was literally yeah. on like crutches. It was fucking Ugh. terrible. Really? Yeah. That didn't happen it to was me, intense. But- it was intense. I'm, I guess I'm just a little bit tougher than you, Brian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I let them go till they went the whole way up in my legs, like, and, and then, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but they were fucking really gross. I, I was like, I don't think we had the same thing. <laughs> no, here, no. I had, um, I had alien <laughs> eggs in my feet. Yeah, you did. Yeah. That just sounds like a great movie. I would definitely watch that. So, anywho. Yeah, so then immediately after Kevin Bacon's character gets killed, uh, Pamela Voorhees goes back to... And, okay, we already given it away that we know Pamela Voorhees is the murderer. Yeah. She goes after Marcy. But, again, they play it off the whole time. Like, you don't totally know. Mm-hmm. She kills Marcy in the bathroom. And then we jump to... Uh, it's Bill, Alice, and Brenda mm-hmm. are all, like, in, like, the main cabin. Playing strip Monopoly. Yeah, which is great. But I, I'm, then I'm also, no, like they're playing strip Monopoly in the mo- the most like platonic way. Mm-hmm. Like they're taking their clothes off and they're like in their underwear or approaching their underwear. I mean, one of them is fully in their underwear, but they're acting like it's not a horny thing to do. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> it, no, they were definitely very casual about it. I can agree with that. Yeah. They just acted like it was like, oh, this isn't really, yeah, hey, we're in our underwear. Like, Strip Monopoly or strip poker, whatever. The idea is somebody's going to end up fucking, right? right? That's the idea. You mm-hmm. wouldn't be doing it. And no, not that didn't happen at all. No, it was literally like they acted like they were playing Pinochle. Well, this game's over. Bye bye, <laughs> and just like walked out the door. I'm like, what was the end game there? I don't know. Maybe I, I maybe I'm a degenerate. But. I feel like so in that in that scene, the guy is playing it cool. Yes, he's he's playing it cool because he he sees the opportunity because it's mm-hmm. him and two women, right? So he sees the opportunity and he really just doesn't want to ned this up, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Don't be a ned, right? Here. Don't be a ned. So he just goes hard reverse the other way and plays it too cool, and just mm-hmm. comes off as just like like almost asexual of like yes, this is yeah, what we I'm do. Now we take yeah. our clothes off, but then it, right. after, but it is. <laughs> It is after Brenda leaves that he starts flirting with Alice. So that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. He obviously had a thing for Alice. I get it. Yeah. It just was like so anticlimactic. Right. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was, yeah, there just not much happens. Uh, yeah. But I don't know. Whatever. It's, it's, at least it wasn't being like gross. <laughs> yeah. At least it wasn't over the top gratuitous. Yeah. And, you know, at whatever, least but. it wasn't shoeless people in the bathroom yeah, okay? that's, like we're past yeah. that point yeah okay take me away from that cool. <laughs> yeah at least it wasn't uh uh the burning where they fuck in the outhouse right <laughs> <laughs> which rules that's why the burning rules i'm sorry it's grimy as fuck yeah the burning is gross i mean how many times does jason alexander talk about his cum you know that's <laughs> <laughs> and like they use the word muff a lot. I don't know. Right. The burning is so grimy. And the more I watch yeah. these movies, the more I realize how awesome and fucking grimy the, the burning is. <laughs> it's greasy. Sleaze. Oh, man. <laughs> um, so we do get a glimpse of because like Steve 
obviously he left earlier in the day. We don't still don't know exactly what all he did, but he ends up, he's at a diner, getting some coffee, getting some food, whatever he's doing. And he heads back towards town. And when, let me see. Yeah. Then when he, okay, we get back to Brenda and this is where she goes into the bathroom to take care of her shit after they're playing the video games and, or not video games, fucking games guys. Yeah. Yeah. Stop fucking me up. I'm going to blame that on you. I'm just joking. Stop, stop fucking me up. <laughs> We're both completely silent. <laughs> like not even looking at the video. No, no. I'm, eat, I'm eating goldfish. You're like, quit fucking me up. I was, I was reading notes. <laughs> so Steve heads back towards town. Brenda goes to try to like get her shower in, whatever. And this is where she gets murdered. Or she doesn't actually get murdered right then and there. She is starts getting stalked by someone and then ends up outside. Lights get shined on her. And I I could I felt like almost when eventually we see her get thrown through the window, like I almost feel like she wasn't fully dead right there, but it's presumed that she does get killed and she's one of the next people murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once uh let's see, Bill and Alice start going to look for Brenda because they hear a noise and they can't find her. And then they start looking for Jack and Marcy. Still can't find them. They break into the office to try to call for help. Oh my God, everything's dead. Like the car is dead. Everything and everyone is now dying. But I don't think they had seen a dead person. No, and it's and this is my biggest sticking point with the film is what it what initiates their like suspicion of murder and like what really starts them being scared is that they find mm-hmm. a bloody axe in a bed which it, it's mm-hmm. so it's so fucking stupid because like one they've spent all this time like we've already talked about with Pamela separating victims and like hiding bodies cuz like cuz earlier in the film you see Ned's body is hid behind a whole bunch of suitcases and things right. above yeah, he's, isn't mm-hmm. he up on the upper bunk yeah he's on the upper bunk that right. uh, that Jack and Marcy are underneath like they never discover mm-hmm. his body like no bodies are discovered but then she just gets careless and throws a fucking bloody axe in a bed sure. and that, that just I don't know that always stuck out to me it's just a dumb decision just ha- just have him find a body who fucking cares well, at that point? no 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 for sure I can I can hear what you're saying I think I could hear like I could come up with an argument for the fact that like at that point we're have a lot more murders mm-hmm. happening so if there was some carelessness like i i mean i'm with you like i i hear what you're saying i think there could be an argument though for like now the bodies are like piling up now like people are dying she's killing people now so if she's like oh shit and drops it yeah because totally at that point who is who is left to kill other than bill and alice <laughs> so right. then just find a body no, just find yeah. a body yeah Sure. I think they yeah, also no, like I'm not I'm not arguing too much. I mean the goal it was the end kind of justified the means a little bit from a from a plot perspective because the whole thing was setting up to probably one of if not the most egregious ha- uh, a movie ripoff which was th- basically the funhouse scene of them finding all the bodies mm-hmm. which is such a Halloween ripoff it's incredible I mean even so far as like the guy swings down, right. you know, hung by his legs, just like Bob in in seventy eight Halloween. Like it's a, it's a pretty egregious ripoff at the end, and then of course they do you know the twist with with Pamela, which 
we're about to get to, so I won't talk about too much. But I feel like it was yeah. all in service of setting up that that uh, thing that is now very much a trope, but started really with, I think the very, very, very beginning of it started with maybe like Black Christmas, okay. and then and then Halloween really did it like full on dark ride haunted house bodies everywhere Mm -hmm. and then this movie as well as a bunch of other ones took it to like hardcore trope land Mm -hmm. where now this is like you just expect this is what happens in a slasher but at this moment it would have been a really egregious ripoff of halloween i think yeah yeah i think there um was a lot of i also okay so good and bad i think you know just like looking at it more closely now is there's a lot of jumping around as far as like where we could pinpoint Pamela Voorhees in this. So like, you know, um, I think it was everything happened with Brenda. And then all of a sudden she was like out at like the main road where the sign is and kills Steve. And clearly though, Steve at that point knew who Pamela was. So she um, has been around or she must be known in the area. Yeah. Um, but anywho, so then we jump back though, and we have Bill starts going out and he goes look to for the generator because power's still out. Um, and Alice stays. So she wakes up, she like looks for Bill, um, and she finds his rain poncho. And this is where the first body, I think, is discovered, if I remember correctly, by a person because she finds his body on the back of the door. And at the same time, then right after that, she meets Pamela outside and pamela's like no it's not that big of a deal it's so calm blah 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 i'll take care of everything she goes back inside um she sees that i mean she does then start telling alice like who she is she says she used to be the cook um which maybe that's why annie got killed early on too i'll just make that point too like maybe there was something but i mean how would she really know but it couldn't be a thing um well, she said she, I mean, they picked her up as a hitchhiker. And the first thing she gets, she says when she gets into the car is, yeah. I'm going to Camp Crystal Lake. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, and, and Mrs. Voorhees, uh, she described herself, Pamela, uh, she says that like, she starts like unloading her trauma, basically. Mm-hmm. She says that she used to be a cook. Um, there was a little boy that was killed and the counselor should have been watching him and, um, then reveals that basically that was her son. Yeah, it was. Uh, and then they go. He died. And, she died, or Jason died in her mind due to their negligence because they were off yeah. fucking instead of watching him, and he drowned. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we start seeing that uh, she also is like hearing Jason's voice. I'm kind of assuming it's like coming out of her mouth, like she's just like in absolutely insane, and she's just like. Yeah. Hi, I'm Grace. <laughs> yeah, she yeah. is. I think she's meant. I think that's meant to yeah. be the case a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, but then she um, explains that today was Jason's birthday, which I think, if I remember seeing it pop up, June thirteenth. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously being a Friday, the thirteenth is in June. Um, so pieces start coming together, and um, let me see. Yeah, they do go inside, and Pamela, where he sees, obviously sees Bill hanging on the door and it's like pretending to be a little bit upset. And then they go back. I'm trying to remember exactly. This is when things just go crazy. Mm -hmm. So Pamela goes a little bit nuts. So here Alice sees that she's going nuts. They have a little altercation, little fight fightsy there. And Alice goes to run. She ends up outside near the docks. You kind of like assume that maybe like 
Pamela's just passed out. Um, but then we have Pamela come up behind her. We see the shadow. And now we have altercation number two. And this is where eventually Alice gets the, um, the blade from her, which is the machete, I should say, and drops her fucking head, <laughs> mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. I think is like, I think it's just a great kill in general. Yeah, it's a like great that. effect. But um, did you guys yeah. have any answers up there? No, there? Tom Savini does such a great job. Like I said, he's the hero of a lot of these. Because a lot of the kills, mm-hmm. like low budget 1980, you know, production and probably 79, like he's just his practical effects just hold up so good. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a reason why he's the fucking best, you know? Um, but I, I will say the, the twist, if I read the script, I would be like, this is fucking stupid. How are you going to pull this off? But the thing that makes it come together is her dialogue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The dialogue yeah, of like, is she crazy? She seems crazy. Maybe she's not crazy. Oh no, she's, she's crazy. Just like a nice mama. Yeah, like just a mama bear who's just like, I just want to protect my boy. No, she's crazy. As and she fuck, sells it. Right? She sells it fucking hard. Yeah. And 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 she has a good physicality, even when she's like chasing her in the woods and stuff like that. But what's her name is? Uh, um, I can't even say Annie. That's not Alice. the main. That's not Alice. Alice. Alice? And I probably paid attention to it harder this time than I have in the past. Alice really sucks <laughs> um, <laughs> at the low-key parts of the movie. Okay. Like, she's yeah. a bad low-key actor, but when mm-hmm. things get high tension is when she shines, mm-hmm. yeah. I think. Cool. Yeah, I can yeah. that. I, I mean, the, the, whole, the whole scene where she's, like, barricading the door, uh, like, taking down the ropes and tying the knots and just like the panic in which she's like throwing chairs up against it and chairs are falling off and she's freaking yeah. out about it. It's, it's pretty great because yeah. like she's mm-hmm. been more or less just ignored most of the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you, and I think this might be going back a long ways, but like you allude that there's more to her character and there probably was an opportunity if they wanted to make her be like the leading woman in this movie is try to build out her story a little bit more because what the hints we get that she's from California, that she lived in California or something. And that that's the only thing is when Steve was creeping with her, like literally being like, just stay a little bit longer, baby. <laughs> uh, you know? Uh, and she's like, well, I might have to go back to California to straighten things out. Yeah. Well, what do you need to straighten out? I think I'd be more intrigued by like who she is as a person. Right. That could have been a little bit more effective, I think, for her character. Yeah, the char- there's not there's not much in the way of character development in this right. <laughs> in this movie. But yeah, if, if yeah. they if they added more like survival instincts or something, you know, so something that showed that she mm-hmm. like if she was the one that killed the snake in this cabin, you know, sure, like sure. Yeah, that like that would it would also mirror like the ending of the film because she beheads the snake earlier and then cuts off Pamela's mm-hmm. you know head. It's just, you know, there's, there's, there's improvements that could have been made to this movie, but eh, it's whatever. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, if you think of, take it at face value, they did a great job, but there is a lot. If you look at it, you know, probably hypercritically, probably more than it, more than it's fair. Mm -hmm. It, um, there's a lot that is not earned, I would say. Like, like, uh, Meg, again, you, you brought up how, like, how would Pamela know Annie was the cook? 
So if you wanted to set mm. that up, you go to the first scene where Annie shows up to that diner and just like announces mm-hmm. herself and says she's looking to go to Camp Crystal Lake. And like in the background, you would have had uh, Pamela Voorhees just having breakfast, you know, sure. and then like you, you could go yeah, back yeah. and watch the movie and though that's a little Easter egg, but that's not in, you know, so mm-hmm. it's, it's a okay. thing that could be done, but For yeah. Sure. yeah. Yeah. So Alice decides that she's going to take a boat out onto the lake, which again, don't fully understand besides she thinking maybe someone's not going to come out and get her. She falls asleep, wakes up basically, and their police is there and she's attacked by what we know is Jason, but it's played off as like, this might just be in her head because immediately she wakes up in the hospital. So I kind of like the way they did that in a lot of ways, because again, there's a lot of like alluding to, this mysticism around who Jason is and like what could happen more that he is in reality, like probably this like undead character. This is a good example of where I think it was a, a happy accident because in my mind that jump scare at the end is just a blatant carry ripoff. And, and then the movie was a much bigger success than they ever thought it was going to be. And they were like, how do we keep this going? The killer's head got cut off. Oh, let's bring back the the kid. You (laughs) know what I mean? Yeah. There is, there is the one, one final shot though of the lake itself. And after Alice says, Oh, he's still out, out there. There's the one final shot of Mm -hmm. the lake. And like, there is, there is bubbles coming up from the middle of the Mm -hmm. lake, suggesting that there's something underneath it. So, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, you're right. This movie did far better than they thought it would. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe they had something built in and something in mind. Was that in the original, like, theatrical cut? It was whatever I watched on Amazon Prime. I don't. Know. Yeah, probably then. <laughs> I know there's, I know there's well, some that, new cuts, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's pretty much where I had it, had the last of my notes. I think some of the end notes I peppered throughout talking about it being a pretty, they did a good job about creating it, creating fear through tension and like really not knowing. Um, I think like, I think or yeah, Brian, you kind of pointed out a little bit more of the trips that they, they did do and, you know, even ones that they kind of co-opt from other ones. So I think it was just still a strong example of just like, good camp slasher too so yeah. um it's fun uh but yeah that's where i'm at classic i don't think anybody um, can argue with it i fucking love that movie yeah. um you know among my favorite in the franchise um but yeah it it that's the the argument i will make against why it is not the fully self-actualized friday the 13th rendition is it felt like a hap- a, a right place right time type of movie you know what i mean and they but again mm-hmm. you could say that about the whole franchise i guess too mm-hmm. so yeah it's it, i mean it's definitely thrown together on a shoestring but it took advantage and it got out it got out of the gates before a lot of things it was out before the burning so you yeah. know it, yeah. it, it got mm-hmm. done even though it just lifted a lot of things because like you were saying it lifted a lot from psycho especially with the way that everything from the killer's perspective is presented in that first person kind of shaky cam. Mm-hmm. That's so much of, you know, Janet Lee getting killed in the shower, but then just extended yep. through the whole movie. So, yep. yeah. I mean, the Annie, Annie being set up as the protagonist mm-hmm. and then getting killed off early, like that is straight Janet Lee um, mm-hmm. situation as well. Like, yeah, the Carrie stuff is the ones that I, 
you know, it's almost more, I mean, they're, they're more surface level, but I think this time I really picked up on some of the, some of the Hitchcock influences, but it is, I mean, it is what it Mm -hmm. is. It's, it's a movie that is very much a product of the time in which the director came came of age for <laughs> horror movies you know what i mean sean s cunningham's nothing more than a prototype of a quentin tarantino that's all it is <laughs> yeah but maybe not one tenth as talented yeah, well. but yes i agree i agree um so all right steve let's 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 hear about your film yes i have friday the 13th part four the final chapter because mm-hmm. it was i love that part four of 90 is the final chapter. yeah well i never get hey best laid plans right <laughs> right right five was a new <laughs> beginning <laughs> and then you know a bunch of other stuff happened <laughs> took manhattan but that didn't really happen <laughs> then there was new blood and there was stuff in he that atten- he he showed up in manhattan for momentarily right. kicked the boom <laughs> yeah. box <laughs> yeah Went right into the sewer like the garbage. <laughs> but uh, we're talking about the final chapter, number and four. I like all the beers you drink. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Not all the beers, just like 85%. <laughs> just like almost all the beers. I, I literally, like, I had that little grenade can in my hand, and I had a new Glarus spotted cow in my hand. And I just, I just like weighed the two and I was like, well, I haven't had this one before. So <laughs> yeah, come on, yeah, try the new one on the show. But yeah, part four, it starts with a wonderful little backstory montage to catch everybody up. If you happen to miss the first three movies and yeah. you also get like a lot of, uh, you get a lot of the kills that happen f- through the first three movies. Uh, some of the better ones, although I do believe Kevin Bacon's is omitted because they probably would have had to pay Kevin Bacon more. And then, you know, at that point he was famous, so he would have asked way too much. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, it catches you up to four. And like, really, it's kind of the nice thing about these movies is that they all move into each other. Like they're like mm-hmm. Marvel films in that way. People can follow them mm-hmm. that way. Two and three were basically back to back with uh, being directed by Steve Miner, and then four picks up right after three. Yep. But it starts with a helicopter, and that's production value. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this is definitely feels like the highest production value that this is. I don't know if it's the most expensive one, but it does feel like the one that they took the most. I don't want to say took the most care, but it does feel like it's the highest production it, it's, value. It, it's the one that they went for the most. Like the, yeah. they, you th- they put everything into it because they thought it was going to be the final one. Did you guys, um, can you briefly give, since you guys are a little more familiar with the franchise, a little background on like how two was received? Cause I could see it being like with everything you're saying, even more so if like two is one of those, like, okay, we did it. We did really good. So now we need to go over the top. We need to like put a lot of money into this. We need to make sure. And, but also because it was supposed to be quote unquote the last mm-hmm. one, but I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure they're, at the time they were all <laughs> universally hated. Yeah. Like, like Cisco. Yeah. They were considered like really 
schlocky piece of shit exploitation mm-hmm. cinema in an era where people didn't like where the whole like moral majority thing was big and people were people really vilified these movies at the time yeah. right because i mean they're just like gore fest mm-hmm. or like just a lot of killings and yeah, okay. yeah, and, yeah. and like cisco no, C- C- and ebert hated these films they called them all yeah. like fucking garbage so yeah th- these none of these films were well received but uh yeah, they, they even still they put they put their most into this one at the time. Although the other films definitely go way over the top later. But yeah, uh, yeah they they start. I think three did well. One was obviously a, a, a bit of a mm-hmm. hit. I think second dipped a little bit, but I think three. I mean, three they really le- you know leaned into the three D element right. a lot, which I think got butts in the seats. But I don't know necessarily what it what it grossed in the box mm-hmm. office, but it did feel like they were going to get this last hurrah with, with full. Right. Yeah. So they, they pick up with, uh, Jason being quote dead in the barn mm-hmm. that he got axed in the head in three. Uh, they, they load him up and they take him off to the morgue. One of Brian's favorite shooting places. <laughs> favorite <Right>. scenes. <laughs> sexy stuff always happens at the morgue, you guys. And then there's sexy... Especially when Axel's Especially around. when Axel... <laughs> there's no way Tarantino didn't base the character of Buck from Kill Bill yeah. off Axel. Yeah. Axel... Hey, Brian, yeah. I have a really serious question for you, though. Yeah, yeah. Did you ask Kate if you guys could tour morgues for your honeymoon? I didn't but i did we did do some light role-playing okay <laughs> I'm, just I'm not asking you more questions though. i'm gonna respect you here <laughs> just kidding uh what what movie did i just watch where i had some oh oh i was thinking of um something we did on the on the show but we did not do it on the show but i just did watch uh killing of the sacred lamb oh yeah yeah sacred deer okay. where there is some or sacred deer, scaling yeah, yeah. sacred deer, mm. which has some very uncomfortable role playing in that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a that's a man. That filmmaker, we'll get into him someday. But yeah, he's he's got some hard to get into films. <laughs> yeah, but they're, yeah, they're enjoyable. Uh, he, uh, yeah, where was he? We were with Axel at the at the morgue, and. Yes. He's a dirty pervert. He's watching the yeah, sure is watching the classic workout videos, he, eating jelly donuts or whatever. Yeah, it, it, I think it was a chicken salad sandwich. <laughs> Just as sexy to me, yeah. guys. Like ten out of ten. <laughs> the way Here he was it. eating it when they came in it was and actually so gross. like. He had to sign off on it. It just looked like he had a fistful of some sort of dairy-like yeah. product, and I thought it was like a. <laughs> like a yeah a cream filled donut or something but it could just as easily been a I, chicken salad I, I saw a chicken salad sandwich because i it, it looked like there was a little bit of bread and then some green so i thought that was the lettuce mm. separating the chicken salad from the bread could be. but he yeah he could just be. slops it down on top of jason's body and like signs yeah. off on the paperwork like could not yeah. give a fuck <laughs> uh mm-hmm. Yeah, he finds himself macking on the nurse, and, you know, while he's macking on the nurse, she gets completely turned off because Jason's hand falls out from underneath the sheet. I was going to say, in his defense, she was down to She climb. was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she was. Yeah. She's going back and forth, though, honestly. I felt like she was very hot and cold in general. And I was hoping she'd just yeah. be like, actually stick to her guns, you know, be like, yeah, no, you're a creep. Don't like you. And she still was like, okay. 
Yeah. Well, she was like, yeah, let's definitely do it near this corpse. But then like, I got scared. So bodies make like, me horny. I cooked him, I cooked him, came to her senses a little bit. <laughs> and some of that dialogue, good God, is it, it bad? Is, <laughs> yeah. There is a lot of, there is a lot of acting in this film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which it's, I don't know. It works at times. Um, but yeah, the, uh, Jason comes back to life. He kills Axel while he's being a pervert, watching workout videos. Kills the nurse mm-hmm. while she's in a uh, medication station. And then, uh, you know, we we fade off to uh, the, the, the Jarvis family. And it's, you know, yep. we get introduced to, this is like the first time we get introduced to like an actual family and not just teens fucking about. Yeah, characters that we care about. Mm-hmm in more than just maybe they're slightly charming it's actually like here's their life here's how they interact mm-hmm. here's a fleshed out character a little bit right more. yeah it, and it even starts with like giving backstory of trish is telling her mom like hey dad was asking about you so you immediately mm-hmm. get the sense oh there you know this is a single parent family uh there's trouble in the marriage but you know hey the mom's doing her best and i guess maybe they moved out to you know, either moved out or just are on a separation out in the woods you know for the summer yeah so it gets pretty it gets set up pretty well and then you're introduced to tommy jarvis obviously played by Corey feldman uh, who before he went completely insane yeah <laughs> yeah you bite your tongue cory feldman's a genius um i'm pretty sure this movie made him start that cory feldman in the angels movie anywho again go on <laughs> these are just facts at Listen, this point he has years before he peaks with the birds you gotta go so. for it <laughs> i love his portray- portrayal of like the monster kid with the super active imagination yeah. though like it's just very genuine. Obviously, he's a super cute kid, like very endearing, smart alecky. Like it's just yeah. I feel this like is his masks tri- are also pretty dope though. Too. Oh yeah, the alien mask or whatever they had. Was, oh yeah, it was great. It's, uh, the problem is like if Tommy Jarvis is creating masks at this level as a child. That means he is on par with Tom Savini because this is obviously Tom Savini just showing off his portfolio. <laughs> well, this is Tom Savini's back, yeah. movie, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, this was his first one since the first movie, right. wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, so Tom Savini... He wasn't... Yeah, Tom yeah. Savini did the effects for the first one, wasn't on two or three, but because this was going to be the final film, the director, Joseph Zito, asked him to come back, you know, and... J- uh, and Tom wanted to come back because he wanted to be the one that, you know, that designed how Jason died. Yeah. So, which it's fucking, I mean, it's so it's, obvious. Like the drop, the, uh, it, again, it's like one, it makes the movie in a lot yeah, of ways. Yeah. The, the effects are so sick in this film. Although I will, I will yeah. say there's a funny part in three where, uh, one of the, uh, one of the girls is reading a Fangoria. And she, she <laughs> with Tom Savini on the cover. Yeah, yeah, she flips. There's an article, and she, yeah. So there's a funny reference to Tom. It was almost like a please come right. back kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it like the Wizard of Gore episode or Wizard of Gore issue or something? It might, I it might have I been. I just remember yeah. that. But yeah. yeah, she just, it's real quick, and she pan, she flips past the Tom Savini article, but it's very clearly, you know, that it's him. Um, hmm. But yeah, you, 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 get Tommy and he has his obvious uh, interest in the masks and you know he he likes his horror and scariness and then uh, they get word that there are 
some kids renting the house across from them. And that's when you cut to, you know, a station wagon full of, you know, your, your fodder, <laughs> essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. <laughs> these, these, these are the bodies. <laughs> Check them out. Yeah. These are yeah, the, they're, they're here comes the future out. corpses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> here we go. You don't care too, too much about them, but, you know, you do get some interest with uh, Crispin Glover's character of Jimmy and you really do. Yeah. I, I I mean, I'm a Crispin Glover fan, so like I appreciate his like super weirdness and stuff yeah. like that. Um but he it's such there is no more interesting character in the franchise than Crispin Glover in this movie. Like when you watch it, you think like, oh, he was he was like a huge part of it. I mean, he was, but he wasn't that much screen no. time. He just everything on screen is so memorable. Yeah, everything's everything's memorable, and he is just sympathetic because, I mean, in a lot of ways, he's playing he's playing George McFly before George McFly gets his confidence. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, you know, but it's still it's still a sympathetic character because he's talking about like he's talking to Teddy about how like oh he was with uh, what was her name B J Betty or something. So, like, <laughs> obviously, the girl they're talking about has a reputation of being a sure thing, and yeah. somehow even Jimmy fucks that up. So, like, yeah. you know, that scene of them putting it into the 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 fake computer, and then the whole <laughs> beginning of the dead fuck, you know, uh, um, reoccurring joke yeah. is just such an endearing scene for me. I don't know why, just because the one kid the other kid is like a dirt ball mark andre flurry and then (laughs) and then and then crispin glover is just so like sympathetic for whatever not even sympathetic but just like i don't know realistic he's just he's a just a fucking good actor i don't know how to put it like uh, yeah 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 i mean that's the other thing about this franchise is like every now and then they get a really good actor and they it stands Mm -hmm. out it stands out when you have a good actor in a shitty film so, yeah, you could yeah. probably say he was like the Kevin Bacon of this film, but I felt like <laughs> yeah. like my own like my only like reaction to him was that like I felt like he was so genuinely awkward, and maybe mm-hmm. that's exactly what you guys are talking about, like in him being yeah. empathetic. But he was just genuinely awkward throughout it that I felt like was good. He felt like a real teenager versus he did. like, oh, yeah. like the, you know, the rosy cheeks when he gets like embarrassed. He's got like rosy yeah. cheeks. It just feels very genuine and real. Yeah. And then yeah. then the scene like jumping ahead like yeah, the teens settle in and then like they go out and party and they go down to the swimming hole and like on their way to the swimming hole they meet twins and so yeah <laughs> but while they're at the s- <laughs> on the way to the swimming hole they meet twins, twins. And twins. And twins. <laughs> but while they're there you know like the the twins jump into the swimming hole everybody's swimming and they mm-hmm. they beckon net uh they beckon teddy and Jimmy to come swimming and Jimmy like immediately you almost called him Ned because he's pretty much Ned. yeah Ted and, and then also yeah, Ted and Ned in my same. movie in six there's a, a same kid. yeah like mm-hmm. I swear yeah. it's just a recurring movie recurring character yeah. but they beckon him in and Jimmy and Jimmy's like oh no no I we don't have a suit and it's like Ned or damn it I just did it <laughs> <laughs> I know yeah. no, it's, it's Ted looks at him like I'm just gonna call him Ned in my movie right too, yeah that's pretty much what he is. <laughs> Ted looks at him like you dork just take your clothes off like it doesn't <laughs> right <laughs> yeah so yeah he's endearing all the way through but yeah you you get introduced to uh more characters at the swimming hole the in 
uh, Tina and Terry, the twins. You have Trish and Corey Feldman's character coming to the swimming hole. So Trish gets the meet with everybody who's moving into the house across from them. Uh, in the meantime, though, you still have Jason. He's out in the woods killing, causing a mm-hmm. ruckus, being trouble. Yeah. <laughs> kills yeah. kills that hitchhiker. And that hitchhiker, the, the, that's one of the things I like about this movie is with Tom Savini coming back, he reproduces a lot of like the the effects that made one so good. And but also like kind of does some of the things that were good of two and three, but does them with his own mm-hmm. style. So like when that hitchhiker gets killed, the knife comes through the back of her throat, which is very mm-hmm. much you know like how Kevin Bacon gets killed. Right. So you, that's true. You see, you see a lot of things pop up that like he did before, but he like now he's going to do them better. And he even does the later where he stabs what's her name the the girl who says screw you paul mm-hmm. you know and she stabs samantha. him up samantha she gets stabbed up through the raft right kind of similar to in the first movie when they kind of get shish kebobbed uh mm-hmm. together when they're boning mm-hmm. um but it's a cool kill and the and everything it, it's a great scene except for samantha the the, the face she chose was pro it's so bad. It's such a bold decision. <laughs> she literally, it, it, it is like an even more insane version of like when PJ Souls does the cross eyes when she gets strangled yeah, Halloween. Yeah, yeah, Like yeah. with the phone cord, <laughs> but it's like even more over the top. It, and it sucks. It kind of sucks because like there, there's like deleted scenes to this film, or at least like they, they edited out some of the violence. But there's a, there's another shot to that kill that is like a directly overhead shot of the raft. Mm-hmm. So it like, it looks like a complete aerial camera of like the knife coming up and like, you don't see her making that goober face. So yeah. <laughs> so like Cooper, that's a good way of putting yeah. it. She has a fucking straight goober. Yeah. face. <laughs> the, the, we should mention that these movies got, they were the movie franchise that ha- the MPA made an MPAA made an example of mm-hmm. them. Yeah. In the, in the eighties. Yeah. yeah. This one really like four five and six, like right when this, this franchise was kind of peaking in a lot of people's minds is when the MPAA really started making an example of the Friday 13th movies because they were the ones that were getting the most press. Oh yeah. But then you have movies like, yeah, other movies that were kind of biting off the same stuff, but they weren't the one at the forefront taking all the, taking all the hits yeah whatever yeah whatever it was like you know maybe nightmare nightmare on elm street suffered a bit as well Mm -hmm. just because like there was there is a lot of crazy stuff in those films but maybe that's true maybe they were cartoony enough that they got passed because we're Mm talking we're talking about how these films got like more mean-spirited and i would say Mm -hmm. this is probably the most mean-spirited out of all of them that I can think probably. of. Probably. Yeah. Probably. There is, oh, well, except for which was the one, was it three, where the guy in the wheelchair gets a machete in his face and then shoved down the stairs in the wheelchair? Mm, that's two. Oh is that two? Yeah, yeah, I you're think right. That's, that's two. not three. Yeah. Yeah. That's Baghead Jason. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, because three is, three is mostly like. It, in the farm, you know, in a barn. And, yeah. Yeah, rural setting. Yeah, it's not, it's not terribly mean spirited and it's just, it spends too much time on the fucking 3D effects, really. Like. <laughs> yeah, they spent all their time trying to figure out how an eyeball was going to fucking fly right. at you or whatever. It's, yeah. 
yeah, this one's just like straight up mean about the way it treats people and like, <laughs> like just people getting stabbed, gutted, like it's so much window action. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, there it's like people getting yeeted and yoinked and all types of stuff, and and that goes into my movie too. But. Yeah, so. Yeah, there, there's really only like spear guns to the crotch, dude. You get spear gun right in the dick and then thrown over, like, <laughs> like spear disrespected. Gun and then the spear gun gets <laughs> really disrespected. It's so disrespectful. Yeah, it's the most disrespectful. He gets it stabbed. Unforgivable. Unforgivable. <laughs> gets stabbed in his dick. Then Jason pulls the trigger. Then he dumps. Say, yeah. Then he discharges the spear gun. Yeah. <laughs> oh. But yeah, then you have like you have Tina getting yanked out the window and thrown on top of the car, which is a great stunt. Like Dude, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she gets yeeted. I mean, in a very real way. Yeah. There, there's a there's one. Is more there c- anyone who does yeet any and more than Jason? I'm trying to think. No, oh, no one needs more than Jason. Examples of, yeah, Jason no. needs a lot. Yeah, no one needs more than Jason. Like you, yeah. you could go into again. Put that down for t-shirt ideas, guys. You know, <laughs> no one yeets like Jason. Like, oh, you can yeet. Oh, you can Jason. Yeet. Like, with a, it's Jason with like a a golden corral like placard like sandwich oh sign God, on it. Dude. It says, "All oh, you can yeet." I, I, like, and in I'd the love golden the... corral font, but like says Friday the Thirteenth. Anyway, keep going. I mean, I'd love uh, to, I'd love to go in the Jason X because I can. Yeah, I guarantee he yeets all over that one too. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's one more character uh, that we need to be introduced to, and that's Rob. And Rob is basically he he first is introduced as just kind of like a hiker in the area, um, mm-hmm. but he turns out to be the brother of Sandra, who was killed in Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. Uh, and it, oh boy, I didn't even. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I didn't even think about. It. I, I didn't even make that connection. Like it makes sense, but I just let that kind of pa- wash over me. Mm-hmm. And it, like it's it's never overly stated, but like he sets up camp by the lake. Uh, he meet he meets Trish first, and Trish kind of mm-hmm. takes him down to the lakeside, and like brings him to the area. But yeah, uh, he sets up camp, and then. There's one scene where uh, Jason distracts him and Rob goes out looking for Jason with his machete, comes back to his tent to find that Jason has smashed his gun. Mm-hmm. So, Like bent the barrel right. of the gun. Yeah, he's, he broke yeah. the stock and bent the barrel like a cartoon. So, <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but yeah, it becomes more apparent that Rob was out there hunting Jason, which... Yeah. Yeah, kind of sucks for the way it ends for Rob because like he doesn't really it's anticlimactic do yeah, a little bit. Doesn't yeah. do anything really. He gets killed right. and then screams about getting killed. <laughs> <laughs> You're killing me. He's ki- no. He's, he's killing, killing me. me. Yeah. So yeah, it, it basically it breaks down like after Jason fucks up Rob's gun, he takes. He takes that weapon off the table, really, and then Jason mm-hmm. finds his way to the house where everybody's partying at, and just begins picking everybody off. Uh, right. You get you get a pretty good introduction where Terry is leaving her sister in the house with Jimmy, and I really love just the shot. Like she's getting on her bike, and there's a rainstorm, and there's lightning, and you see the lightning flash, and you see her shadow 
cast on the house. Mm-hmm. And then you just see Jason come up behind her and stab her. Like with yeah. some fucking branch or what the fuck ever. <laughs> some sort of instrument, yeah. Yeah. But it's just it's just a you know, one of the more well composed shots in the film. Mm-hmm. Um I'd say so. Yeah. And you just have you just have like a parade of kills from there. Like he Jimmy yeah. gets a fucking thing in the face, he gets a meat cleaver in the face. Yeah. He, the hand stabbed with the fucking wine cork cork, yeah. Screw, yeah. 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 And and Crispin Glover, like you kind of feel for him at this point. Like it's, it kind of, that's a, that's like an emotional kill because it's not just a quick, you're dead. He first, it's kind of like, Hey, things are looking up for Jimmy. Mm-hmm. And then he <laughs> gets the old corkscrew in the hand and then cleaver in the head. Uh, kind of unceremoniously. Like remind you of like yourself in What's high that? school. You have a very emotional attachment to this. You have a very emotional attachment to him. <laughs> to Jimmy? Yeah. I mean, yeah. first of all, Jimmy's like giving <laughs> Tina this like post-coitus scalp massage, which is very awkward. He's like, yeah. you're like, I did that. Yeah. And then but he's, but he's he like just, asking, was he good? He's like, he's very self-conscious. But I, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I don't feel bad for Jimmy because Jimmy got his nut off. He didn't die a virgin. That's true. I don't feel bad yeah. for him. He got like he bur- he bursted nerds. Yeah, there's he burst nerds. <laughs> there's a Jimmy got Jimmy got to burst nerds. There's a good. It should say that on yeah, his Jimmy tombstone. got to burst nerds. <laughs> Jimmy got to burst. There, there is there is a non-zero chance that three minutes ago Jimmy peaked in his life. So mm-hmm. if he just gets the die after that, that's great for him. He'll never know anything worse. He'll never know the heartbreak. I mean, there's a lot of people who have died in, the, in that same scenario. You know, how many people have died from like choking themselves while they're masturbating, right. guys? Come on. Right. right. This yeah. is like, yeah. That's how I plan it. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, cool. That's awesome. That sounds great. Yeah. Hey, it's a, it's an honorable death. <laughs> We're also going to put on your tombstone first nerds. <laughs> Definitely gonna happen. An honorable death. A true gentleman's death. Yeah. However, if you do go out that way, you have to be buried in an open casket with a shirt that says "I bursted nerds." So. <laughs> And if you don't, we will lay one over top of you. Not just that. The last thing the last thing I did was burst nerds. Yes, I burst nerds. <laughs> Here lies a man who burst nerds. Oh, hey, God. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Don't ask questions. <laughs> oh, All right. Man. So, yeah, again, just a parade of murder uh, throughout it. And you get a lot of great... Uh, effects through that you get the great stunt of tina being yeeted out the window on top of the station wagon great you get uh windows exploding out Mm -hmm. a murder parade sure (laughs) yeah sure sweet thanks thanks guys yeah sure no problem (laughs) (laughs) fucking april so whatever Uh, let's see who uh, who else gets it about that time uh, Sarah the face smash yeah Sarah and Paul get it um, yeah, I think it was Paul who got the yeah, face Paul, smash wasn't it yeah Paul gets the face smash in the shower such a great honestly under one of the most underrated kills mm-hmm. in the franchise and then and then later like Jason has found his uh, like uh, muse in fucking railroad spiking people with things 
Yeah. Because he railroad spikes Paul through the back of the head into the wall for mm-hmm. for people to discover. And then he railroad spikes Jimmy by the hands. Yeah. Uh, right. uh, and then like almost and then like crucifies him, him across the door. Mm-hmm. Crucifies him across the door. She, where she's like, can't get out for some reason. Yeah. You could have just went under him. Yeah. Sarah, Sarah runs the opposite. Was it Sarah or Trisha? I think it's Sarah. Because she's trying I mean, to run after she discovers Paul. And then, yes, and then she breaks the window and then goes out the other window. Well, no, no, she runs. Sarah, Sarah runs to the door, and Jason throws the axe through the door and hits. Oh yes, yeah. then it's not Sarah that 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 won't go underneath him. It's it's Trish. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's Trish. Because then, yes, yeah, Trish goes out the window, but Jason just rips Jimmy down. Like mm-hmm. a fucking Halloween de- decoration in his way. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say just just like, like it's like webs. beads above the door. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like it's cobwebs across the door. He's just like, get! I I just worked on this, but I'm so mad. Which again is that that is probably the meanest part of the movie when they because they do zoom in on his yeah. hands like ripping apart. Yeah, it's a great yeah. effect, but it's that's also very mean. Like that's just mm-hmm. <laughs> just brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the they uh, Jason chases Trish back into her house, and she's trying to protect Tommy. And she, you get them trying to board up the door, which is mm-hmm. completely made moot because Jason fucking throws Rob's entire body through a picture window. <laughs> right. Yeah, she does. Yes, it's just that's where you talk about mean, like mean spirited is, and I think we might have glanced over this. And forgive me if you were about to get to it, mm. but we also have maybe the only instance that I can think of in film history of canine suicide. <laughs> did it? Did it kill itself? Like that? It's the most yes, confusing the dog thing. Killed itself. The dog jumped out the window and killed itself instead of facing Jason. It's, it's so confusing because the dog is running away. Because obviously right. it senses Jason, and it jumps mm-hmm. through the window. It like it, you you hear it make a yelp sound, so it almost sounds yeah. like it got caught and was killed. Yeah. But then the next thing is it jumping through the window, and then you never see the dog again. No, so, this dog's dog suicide. Right. That's what I mean. Is like this movie is just so mean, yeah. and I kind of love it. Yeah. I ju- I just wonder, like, I wonder how that came about. That they just never thought the like show the dog was okay. <laughs> like they're just like yeah. the dog kills itself from the second floor or whatever. <laughs> I'm gonna I think make that's up a story. What they were going for. I'm gonna make up a story in my head that the dog literally just ran away and it's now living very peaceful. It's probably actually dead now, but. Um, it went on to live a very peaceful life, you know, yeah. just I, living on the lake by itself. You know, that's fast what I'm forward believe, to the guys. dog, like giving the police a statement. Right. And he's like, woof, <laughs> that's, woof, woof, woof. that's what I was going to say. What actually happened? Give me a treat and I'll tell you. <laughs> because because obviously at the end of the film, the police show up. So Gordon, the dog, ran off to go get help. And he went and yeah, got the police. Like a yeah, he went and a got lassie. the police. Well, and then he ended up um, landing a very successful campaign as the Beggin Strips dog. Mm-hmm. Or Bush's Baked Beans, one of the both. <laughs> or Bush's, no, that was a golden okay. retriever. My bad. <laughs> That's how rumors get started, Steve. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I glossed over that just because it did, I don't know how to, I didn't know how to read it. It just, like, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. It was I'm a cool thing. I'm just face value. Yeah. 
<laughs> Face value dog killed I just itself. I thought you were trying to like <laughs> um, suicide. spare That's me, all it is. and you weren't actually. So thanks. <laughs> canine suicide. That's it. It's all it is. Pure and simple. <laughs> well, then Rob Su. <laughs> it's an open and shut case, guys. Open and shut case. Book them, Dano. Dog suicide. <laughs> dog. This is a. This was no accident. <laughs> His dog was choke jerking. <laughs> Canine autoerotic Uh Anyway, Rob gets yeeted <laughs> through the window because that's what Jason does. Yeah. Jason yeets, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then he also like he also busts through the window and grabs Tommy. And this is the first time where I think like a child is actually imperiled by Jason. Mm-hmm. I think you're probably yeah, right. I'm trying to think. I can't think of anything else. Six. There's plenty of it. Well, but- not really even. I never. F- well, there's in peril. He doesn't actually hurt any yeah. children, but there's ton tons of instances of of them teasing the teasing idea. it. But like he never really follows through with anything. No, he just kind of menaces. He doesn't. This one, he, he actually does. grabs Tommy. Oh, six. He, That's six. True. He just menaces. <laughs> he grabs him, pulls him through the window. Yeah. Uh, then Trish grabs a hammer and starts giving him the old wallop. Yeah. Uh, she, Get over here. I'm going to wallop yeah, you. Yeah, I'm going to wallop. <laughs> Tommy, run, Tommy gets away. They both run upstairs. And this, uh, like, this is probably one of my favorite parts where Jason is busting down the door, much like The Shining. And mm-hmm. unlike The Shining, Trish grabs the fucking TV and smashes it over his head. <laughs> and oh, and, and, and she does a good job of really demonstrating how fucking heavy an 80s tv (laughs) was this little like an eight inch tv she's treating it like it weighs 70 pounds because it probably because it did yeah Yeah. because it was all full of tubes and shit (laughs) 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 and she just smashes him over the head with it uh Mm. she tries to get away she tries to like split her and tommy up uh she lures jason away and like you're you're kind of given to the idea that Jason is more interested in killing her than Tommy for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Perha- yeah. you know, perhaps just because he thinks it'll be easier to kill Tommy later. Who knows? Uh, Trish and Jason are fighting. And while they're fighting, Tommy gets the idea to give himself a haircut, which is. Yeah. In so like short look, order. Yeah. Yeah. He thinks he's going to look like Jason as a kid mm-hmm. from. And well, it here's just felt my... awkward to me. It felt super. I didn't love it. It's weird because if you did again, it's kind of like the first movie where if you describe this ending to me, I'd be like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> but then it kind of works. Like, so I guess two questions. He one, how does he know what kid Jason looked like? Am I missing well, he his? he has a news he has a newspaper clipping that Rob was carrying. Rob mm. had all the newspaper clippings uh, from the the killings across, uh, over the years, and then there's a there's a depiction of Kid Jason. Mm. Is there okay? Might have missed yeah. that one, but yeah. then it he is able. Listen, I, as as a as a man with a beard who has shaved mm-hmm. his beard off on many occasions and shaved his head on many occasions, it takes a minute. Yeah, you got to get the beard trimmer out. You got to cut off the long hair. Then you shave with the. He just has long bowl cut 
thick hair and just covers his head like it's like he washed his hair with shaving cream <laughs> and then took a big razor and and shaved it all off yeah. Yeah. if he did that it would take two hours and his head would be covered in blood well <laughs> even and, and i know I'm like supposed to be defending the film but why wouldn't he have like a bald cap on hand yeah, he's if he's so, if he's so into special kid. effects. I know, yeah. I know. My only defense yeah. for that situation, I'll put it in favor of it. Granted, yes, real life, this is not real life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it aids in like everything that could possibly happen. Like, uh, the, so I guess I actually can take this back and the more I talk out loud is that I think it's a good scene in that setting up a future film where Tommy is just fucking nuts and out of his fucking mind. But well, well I that's also late. That's later. That, right. But that's why I also think, no, even just starting with him shaving his head, I think that was like first start of like a trauma response. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, I do like think that everything after that, though, that we, that I'm sure you'll talk about, I think sets up for like another film but this was supposed to be the last one. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so what this, so what this is more of a callback to is actually the the final girl whose name is escaping at me at the moment. She discovers Jason's shrine to his mother, and Jason's mm. shrine to his mother includes like her her sweater and her uh, decaying head, and so the the woman puts on Jason's mother's sweater and tries to convince Jason that. Uh, that she is her mother, she is his mother, and it stops him in his tracks just long enough for her to throw a machete through his like shoulder. So, so it's it's kind of a callback to that, but like now Tommy is trying to pretend to. It's kind of just like bad writing, because like why would Tommy pretending to be Jason stop Jason? You know? Yeah. So I it, was looking. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, so like, I don't know, the way you can read it is that like, it doesn't actually trick Jason because he still looks like he's going to go kill Tommy. He just looks mm-hmm. like maybe he's annoyed and he's like, oh, is he making fun of me like all the other kids used to? <laughs> I'm going to go kill that <laughs> little shit. <laughs> yeah, that was that was Jason's confu- like Elon Musk right now with this Twitter shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just like, yes, there, it somehow makes sense, even though it's. I don't know if you really think about it, it kind of sucks, but it works in the moment. Mm -hmm. Like with all the hectic shit that's going on, it kind of works in the moment. This is a little bit of a sidebar, but I think worth mentioning. Um, Steve, I was just looking up real quickly because I couldn't remember the name of the kind of final girl character from part three, Mm -hmm. which is Chris. Okay. Um, But, and I just looked it up. Uh, Dana Kimmel played her and it calls out in the first like little blurb about her that part three actually debuted at number one in the box office. Oh yeah. So cool. it did, uh, it did do, do pretty darn well alongside the, the first and the second one. Cause I, in my mind it was a big dip before four, but apparently not. Oh, okay. I mean, I guess that makes sense. It makes sense. It might've made less money, right. but it was still number one in the box office yeah. and which justifies the big spend with this movie yeah sure yeah. And, and, and even shitty movies can hit number one you know if you're releasing that's true it's all about what it's up against yeah. right if you're released in february you're you know, <laughs> you're almost guaranteed to get money so <laughs> that's true but yeah but this this released on friday the 13th ooh. 19 or part three not this friday 13th august 13th 1982 ooh. Ooh. 
That sounds yeah. right up your alley. It's right Spooky. on your birthday. That is your birthday. Yep, that was three years before I was born, though. But mm. <laughs> but it still happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, we're we're pretty much at the end now. Though there is. Uh, Tommy is distracting Jason, but then Trish re-distracts Jason just enough to knock his mask off with the machete, and then you mm-hmm. get Goober Face Jason. Uh, <laughs> yeah, can we call him Gooby Face Jason? Sure, you can. Yeah. yeah, it's <laughs> okay. I don't shot. mind his face here. No. It's not as good as it's not as good as uh, as uh, uh, what seven. Oh, um, yeah. Seven is a cooler. That's like when. I think it's seven when Jason is pretty much like a dinosaur. <laughs> His face doesn't even look human at all, uh, which I kind of like. I want to yeah. believe that throughout every single film, he's like just slowly decaying. And then like what we don't know because he doesn't talk at all is that he he's just in this other universe where he's just trying to get back and like just trying to get like savings, trying to find this like special medicine to make him like not it's a look supernatural dead. kind <laughs> of. I just made that up again. Kind of like a Bigfoot. TM, let's fucking go. <laughs> it's I'm like on a, it today. He's flying through the multiverse <laughs> hand in hand with Bigfoot. You want to know what Sparky is? I'm watching Russian Dolls right now, and like, yeah. So it's just sparking all of that type of stuff. <laughs> Meg, right. Meg is on a time travel kick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Life is not real. Anywho. 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 Tommy picks up the machete and gives Jason a good old whack right in the fucking head. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, this is probably one of the most satisfying deaths of oh, yeah. like any any monster I can think of. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, even even in further Jason incarnations like this, you know, you get like you get the melty and eight. Um, I forget how they take him out in seven, but um, oh, oh in the water, is, do they um, just send him back into the lake? Yeah, yeah, it's in the lake because I remember um, she had killed her. Yeah, he had killed her. That That's basically jason versus carrie right yeah that's jason versus carrie but uh, yeah they just she just sends him back into the lake but yeah but then didn't she set the water on fire so i think there's fire involved i don't remember yeah, that's yours <laughs> that well that <laughs> yeah. is mine too yeah. but yeah <laughs> but uh yeah the, he's dispatched with a machete in his head he falls down and like his head slides down the machete you can tell oh. you can tell this is just tom savini's you know piece day Piece de day resistance. <laughs> yeah, he's just showing off at yeah. this point. It's such a fucking cool effect. And and like they built like an animatronic head so it could have the machete and it's like split in half, but like the face is moving while it's bleeding out. It's great. So it rules so fucking hard. Yeah, fucking rules hard. Uh, it rules so fucking hard. hard. <laughs> and then you, yeah, yeah, then right. you get Trish waking up in the hospital, and Tommy for some reason still hasn't shaved his head all the way. He still has the <laughs> still got these little tufts little of hair. Yeah. Well, I assume like I, yeah, Tommy's lost his shit now because he he also just goes just goes batshit on Jason mm-hmm. with the machete yeah. after that too. Like he's just just fucking swinging at him and hacking at him. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's he's obvious. There, they obviously had maybe something in mind, because yeah. like Tommy does lose his shit at the end. He does hack his head up, and then like the very final frame is him giving this really disturbing look at the at the camera mm-hmm. to imply maybe he's gonna be the new killer. 
Well, yeah, and Tommy was oh. supposed to be basically the antagonist of the franchise moving forward if they were going to pursue it after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it obviously didn't did happen. They, did they try? Because, I mean, obviously in the number six, we'll get into yours, and he's not that, but, like, or, you know what I mean? Like, um, but yeah. they try in five? He, kind of, but it's like a red herring type situation. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And five fucking was the biggest probably misstep of the franchise. Mm. Um, people, even though I think five is kind of maybe unfairly maligned, but Jason isn't the killer yeah. and it ends up being, oh, yeah, spoiler alert about, no, here for a 20 some year old movie, but it's just like a random ambulance driver basically yeah. who is, right. who is the killer. Yeah. But it's, it, it's a good film except for the ending because like the, the, who they reveal as the killer doesn't feel as earned as it should be. No. But mm. they do some really good stuff as far as, cause I keep calling, I, I always call it an American Giallo film because mm. it's like the first film in that you never see right. the killer. You just see the killer's hands. Yeah. And so you never see Jason until the very end, but it's not mm. Jason, it's Roy, but you see Jason throughout the film as Tommy is, ex- is experiencing hallucinations of jason so like you Mm -hmm. see jason and then you see people getting killed and that's the link you make and then like Mm -hmm. there's like there is literally like aspersions cast on everybody that they might be the killer but you all it's very giallo-esque in that way yeah Mm -hmm. but you think you you generally think tommy's probably the killer but then everybody else around him also has motivation to kill so yeah, yeah. It's, it's a it's a good film except for the ending because the killer isn't earned mm-hmm. so, gotcha. yeah, yeah it sense. feels like they pulled somebody out of that like one of the it, it was almost like they took their cues from one of the shittier episodes of law and order mm-hmm. where just like it's one guy they interviewed on the street in the first five minutes ends up yeah. being the killer right gotcha. that's kind of what it feels like a little bit yeah um, not great but four is great so yeah <laughs> there's there's mm-hmm. There is almost no faults in this game. And, you know, especially when you compare it to all the other films, like the, you can tell they just put everything into this one with all the window action. So much window action. <laughs> Shotgun yeah, yeah. and beers and twins. Yeah. <laughs> and it had boobs. <laughs> yeah. And I it almost has, feel I, like right now he's like, Megan. There's shotgunning beers and there's boobs in here. And there's old yeah. smut. You got do I do I get your vote? You know what I mean? Like not even old, like like silent era smut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Old old smut. Which, not a selling point. Which I, I appreciate. Um all right. Let's get into my pick, uh, which is Jason Lives, nineteen eighty six, which is of course Friday Thirteenth Part Six. We kind of talked about you know where this one, you know where the franchise kind of progressed. So I, I won't believe that too much. But with four, that was the big budget kind of ending. This is when Jason is supposed to eat shit, and then they come back in five, and they do this kind of giallo ish type of thing where they end up having all these, you know red herrings and and you think tommy jarvis is going to be the killer but then it ends up being a fucking random ass uh you know ems driver pissed a lot of people off i think a lot of people did not appreciate that twist um felt like it wasn't earned and so in six they completely um 
like went in completely the opposite direction, like almost to the point where I would say like overcorrected where I, I mean, in some people's eyes, I think it's fucking perfect uh, blend, which we'll talk about here in a second. But they went with this kind of bigger budget 80s flick feel, but they made it way more theatrical, way more kind of like gross out scenes, way more like like lighthearted and fun in a lot of ways. Um, and you notice right away in the opening scene with a now grown Tommy Jarvis, which really throws off the <laughs> like between four, five and six, which are all supposed to happen within like a certain amount, you know, not too long of a distance. Tommy Jarvis goes from like 10 to like 17 to like 25 years old. So there is a little bit of confusion in terms of the timelines. And I did read online people talking about although this movie. Um, was released in 1986 that it's more likely that it's set in like 90 or 91 or something like that. Because um, mm-hmm. it just would have to in terms of the what, what you know, what age Tommy is. But, um, you know, you pretty quickly understand that the tone of this film is not taking itself very seriously at all. Like, it's bigger from a production standpoint like on par with four in that way maybe not in the um same way from a like practical effects standpoint but in terms of some of the shots that they do there's way more kind of panning like kind of more grandiose feeling like panning shots it just feels like it's more of this kind of like I don't want to say blockbuster feel, but it does yeah. feel like it has a very different tone in that way. Um, it, even the cinematography is really, really good. Yeah. And like you, there's a lot of um, strong, like dramatic lighting and then uh, like contrasting lighting. So mm-hmm. like one of the things that really sticks out to me is like there's scenes like on the dock at night where you have incandescent lights mm-hmm. that are that are orange and they're set against the blue background of the woods. So yeah. like it's 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 a really well filmed shit movie. <laughs> way yeah, totally. It's way more contrasting. It almost feels more like like I don't know how to say it like weirdly like an action movie in a way. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's definitely a horror movie. There's definitely a lot of like kind of gross out scenes and all those sorts of things. Um, But it feels a little bit more like not even action, but it, it feels more like an adventure movie at times. You know what I mean? You get, Tom Matthews playing grown ass Tommy Jarvis, who is now in the graveyard digging up Jason's corpse because he wants to be sure that he's dead. Basically, and there's this very cartoonish, like it. There are scenes in this film or in this opening sequence that remind me very much of the Burbs in a lot of ways. Coincidentally, yeah. talking about Corey, uh, uh, Corey Feldman, um, but you get what I would say, in, in my opinion, and you know, I know a lot of people are diehard like Kane Hodder fans and stuff, but like C.J. Graham is, in my opinion, the best Jason, like. Thick boy Jason, like he's ready to, like he's just, he's a little beefier. He's a little bit more intimidating. I like the way he walks. I just have always been a big fan of CJ Graham as Jason in this movie. Yeah. He, this is definitely when you first get like a Jason that just stomps around like the Terminator. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. He, he, There's he no play- stealth to it. He is just, if he doesn't get caught, it's just, it's just 
good luck that he didn't, you know, because he is not trying to be stealthy. He's not hiding Mm -hmm. in the woods. He's just stomping around like a fucking psycho. Yeah. Yeah. And it becomes very clear that there's like no stopping him because he's undead. Yeah. He learns quickly that he, he can't be stopped. So yeah, just, this is this is the movie where he becomes full on undead. Like now Jason's a, is a goddamn Frankenstein. Like he's just ready to <laughs> fucking just he doesn't care. He's invincible. He doesn't feel pain. He doesn't die. Like this is unstoppable Jason to the, you know, uh, to the 11th degree. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I, there's just so many cool, like almost hero type of shots with this. And then the kills, this is when some of the kills start to get really cartoony. Um, you know, when he, you know, he punches through people's chests mm-hmm. um, and, uh, you know, oh, and the freaking, I mean, this movie does not take itself very seriously at all. And it's weird because it really strikes this, this, like we've talked about in the past, how certain movies when they try to capitalize on the camp kind of element of it, it comes across as very disingenuous. Mm-hmm. And we've used like uninvited as an example where it's like they genuinely thought they were making something scary. This <laughs> is a weird balance because it it they 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 make fun of the genre and what they have kind of created. But at the same time, they don't really make fun of Jason, I feel like. Right. So he remains threatening. Um, but I mean, even as goes far as like, I love that they do this little like James Bond pose at the beginning. Like it's yeah. so silly. Mm-hmm. And it's like if there, it almost reminds me of like, a, you know, like the movie Airplane or something like that mixed in with like a Friday the 13th movie. Mm-hmm. But they, they just yeah. balance it so well. Yeah, there yeah, there are so many like little jokes and silly things and it's honestly one of my bigger problems though cuz mm-hmm. I like I like all the silly stuff. Yeah, know? me too. Because, I mean because, there's like flat out Looney Tunes shit. Like there are full on Looney Looney Tunes bits in this movie. Yeah, when he throws a guy into a tree and the tree has a smiley face impression. <laughs> yeah. Like that well stuck out to me too. Well, the smiley I think the smiley face was there. No, before. it wasn't. No, I think it he, is. No, because he throws him at a branch. Like the, it, when he goes, he, when he flies at the tree, the tree has like a branch sticking out. So I think it it's just the straight Looney Tune thing. Really, like he, I really yeah, took it yeah. as like there was already a smiley face there, and he happened to hit his face right on the smiley face. I don't, I don't think so. All right, I need to go yeah. rewatch it. Anyway, it yeah, is we'll either way, either way you cut it, it's a fucking yeah. Looney Tunes ass bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, when she when he smashes um, the the I'm just gonna call him Ned because yeah. he is basically the Ned of this movie when he's yeah. driving the Winnebago and he slams her face like into the metal and you actually see the outline of her face like that's right. a Daffy Duck bit. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, that's yeah. so. So that's a Daffy Duck bit, and also, but there's there's so many references, and I, I'll get to them in a minute. But what I was saying about like what I don't like is that I like all the funny stuff because the funny stuff buys you purchase to be mean. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. so so it builds goodwill with the audience to you know you you get this goodwill by being funny that you can do worse stuff later. Yeah. But the thing is, they never do worse stuff, and the effects eat ass in this film yeah, the ex- they're not as good as four hundred yeah. percent they're yeah. not as good as four but there's but but the cinematography is way better than four 
Yeah, cinematography is better, but so it's a trade-off. It, it's definitely yeah. a trade-off in my mind. But um, I do like, like I, I very much respect the. I love the tone of this movie. I love. The, I mean, the soundtrack in my mind is the best one of the franchise. Harry Manfredini comes back, and he. I think I'm not a hundred percent on this. So don't quote me, but I, I think this is the first movie since the first one where he writes an entirely new score. With certainly with elements from the first one, but mm-hmm. I feel like the scores from basically one through up to this point are just remixing, not even remixing, but like, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of rearrangements in a lot of mm. ways of the, the, the first film. And this okay. one has its own score besides, you know, the, the Alice Cooper stuff and which right, right, right. Fucking also rules. Cause I love Alice that, Cooper yeah, yeah. and, and, um, and the man behind the mask is a fucking awesome song. Um, yeah. and, and then like teenage Frankenstein's in it. Like, um, there, there's just, there's just so many fucking good, good, uh, scenes in this, or I mean, so many fucking good, uh, songs in this movie. Um, but yes, the kills are not as good as four Tom Savini. I don't think was involved. Nope. Um, which which is which is a, a tick against it in my book, but um, C.J. Graham is is the best fucking Jason in my mind. Um, it, it, I mean that's a, can can obviously be debated, but I just I think the balance of silliness and and creepiness is just really tough. This is the movie in the franchise for me that is the most fun. Yeah, like Friday the Thirteenth is not. It, it, it's not the Exorcist franchise. Like, it's not fucking, you know, hereditary. Like, it's not a movie I'm trying to watch for scares. It's a movie I'm trying to watch for atmosphere and for just, like, the joy of silly slashers. And Mm -hmm. it just, like, really is the only slasher I can think of that is kind of fully self-aware but doesn't, isn't, like, gauche in the way it is self-aware. You know what I mean? Yeah, and there's like so many meta jokes in this because like there's they they have the Karloff Markentile, yeah, uh, reference to you know Boris Boris Karloff. Karloff. Yeah, yeah. They have Cunningham Road, which is a reference Mm -hmm. to Sean Cunningham. They have they have that one dude that's bumbling his ass around in the woods, and his name's Roy, which is a shot at the last movie. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It oh, go ahead. Oh, and just one more that really sticks out is they have the little girl named nancy who's having nightmares mm-hmm. like she's being plagued by a monster i mean come on it's yeah. <laughs> nightmare on elm street <laughs> it is very um it is a a love letter to the fr- to the genre without like i said being like gauche and over the top you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it, it influenced there's a million movies that tried to do this after that just wasn't weren't able to get that balance you know what i mean right um like this is one of those things like i'm trying this is dramatic i get it but it's almost like it's um you know that that old uh adage when they talk about uh um lou reed and the velvet underground like only uh you know not a lot of people uh gave a shit about the velvet underground but the people who did they all started bands like i feel like that's <laughs> a little bit what happened with this movie you know there i mean so i'll, I'll say right off the bat and it comes up pretty early and i kind of like it but at the same time i think if there's one place where it does go a little over the top into that kind of silliness is the whole like paintball scene which i love jason in broad daylight like mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. 
and I like when Jason comes up, but at the same time, the two like brothers who are like on the corporate pinball retreat Mm -hmm. with the, with the, with their, with the other woman, like it did give me a little bit Halloween five vibes (laughs) a little bit with like the silly cops and stuff. Um, because they do have this like weird over the top, like military ish type of song like type of you know piece of music that kind of plays over top of yeah. it which I, I, i'm wondering if the, there's deeper reference to that because like we already mentioned like there's a character in this scene called roy which i yeah. think is a shot at five but like yeah. do you think that these the these three characters that get beheaded all at once mm-hmm. and and they're part of a corporate uh, like a corporate outlook is that reference to maybe like studio execs that that were behind decisions that were oh, behind decisions of five maybe a subversive yeah a subversive take on like we are taking this back and we are mm-hmm. you know killing the, the 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 corporate entities that made the franchise fall off or something Mm -hmm. yeah i didn't think about that but you're probably right like that would be a very that would be very much in line because that's a very carpenter-esque thing to do and this Mm -hmm. movie pays homage to so many other directors and filmmakers so you're probably right yeah it's just something i'm like guessing though but it it just like you're saying as a whole the scene feels out of place but in that context it it's funnier and would make sense and mm-hmm. this is probably their take on like trying to be subversive in that way. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, that that's a good point. That makes me feel better about that scene. Um, <laughs> but it's otherwise, it's like what the fuck. Um, so uh, yeah, we talked about the blood on the smiley face, but also we didn't talk about when he rips the guy's arm off and then just kind of looks at it, yeah. like he's not expecting yeah. to see it. <laughs> that's that's a Looney Tunes bit. Like it's yeah. so, and every, I mean, it's so wild to me. And I was, I, I don't even know where I heard this, but I think it was on, um, you know, some podcast I was listening to or something, you know, with like a comedy writer or whatever. And they were like, all the best bits to this day still come from Looney Tunes cartoons. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I never thought of that before. It is. It's a hundred percent true. Like all the best comedy is still derivative in so many instances of fucking Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck and Porky Pig and that stuff. Mm. Like, and this movie is just like, I mean, just has that on full display. I find it interesting. You guys keep like referencing that. I like, I see it so clearly now because there's like so many things that I like that you guys like pointed out that I was just like, huh? All I'm saying is like, I'm, I'm just now I'm, I'm reevaluating all my opinions right now. But anyway, yeah, so that's why like, I'm like it, being quiet. I'm just like listening now because I'm like, all right. Don't reevaluate too way. hard, Meg. <laughs> no, <laughs> it, it is. Steve, it, it might no, work no, in no. your favor. It might no, work no, in your favor. Okay, okay. But I'm saying <laughs> okay. Yeah, then reevaluate. Then yeah. Yeah, but it's, Steve's it's still, tone changes. Yeah, it's still like a bad. It's still a bad movie. It has no boobs and the effects are really terrible. So like, don't. <laughs> oh, shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up. <laughs> All right. Um, Tom Matthews kind of looks like Crispin Glover. I don't know. That's just a note I had. Um, uh, I do like Crispin Glover. Yeah, I do. I do genuinely appreciate him. Um, I like that the guy who is like the grave, like he's the the guy who basically covers up that Jason has uh, escaped the grave because he doesn't want to get in trouble. He's like the cemetery caretaker says 
Does he think I'm a farthead? It's <laughs> a great line. I, I, he was like a character I really should appreciate. At one point, I tried to like screenshot a couple, like when he's wasted and walking along the road, and he was just like, "I've lost the road," and like somehow got really <laughs> in my head about it being like have this grander meaning like yeah bro i lost my road too i'm trying to find it as well (laughs) well and i love when he takes a drink like he takes a swig out of his bottle of booze and it the way he plays it and and i honestly think this is on purpose because and i'll 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 support it in my next scene as well is whenever he takes a swig of the booze and it like it he makes it seem like the effects of the booze are immediate like he takes a drink of it and he's just like, ah, now I'm drunk. Like, it just, you know what I mean? Like the booze, the second it hits his belly, it just provides him relief. I think that. I think we call that alcoholism. And then I know, but like the fact that it's like such an unrealistic response to a swig of booze that like it. Yeah was mind altering immediately. Yeah. Like it's like heroin or something. I feel like that (laughs) is the similar to the next scene where I I saw people like posting on online and, you know, uh, on like message boards when I was reading about like criticisms and stuff about this movie. But when they, um, when they, uh, the guy who I'll just call Ned, um, and, and, uh, the, the girl, uh, again, I don't even remember their names. They're pretty inconsequential characters, but when they are fucking in the camper, it's like the least erotic sex in cinema history. Yeah. Like so much so that there's no nudity. Like it's just so intentionally goofy and not erotic, I think is the same reason why they gave him the direction to act like that's how alcohol works because it's like a take on like how just like there, it's a nod to how dumb some of the relationships with like drugs and alcohol and sex are in the other movies Hmm. you know what i mean like i think i think this movie is has proven itself to be kind of meta enough to 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 be operating on that level you know what i mean okay Uh, um but anyway so that's why i appreciate about it and even if that's not true like it I, I don't know. I just would find it hard. Everything else is so tongue in cheek right. and everything else is so meta. And it speaks to how well balanced the movie is because they're doing all this kind of like subversive stuff. That's like making fun of the rest of the franchise, but it never does it in a way that makes the audience feel stupid for liking it. Yeah. And, you and know like, what I mean, yeah. And even all of that, like all of that seeps into so far as it even goes into the editing. Mm-hmm. So like the, it, it can, it's definitely provable how purposeful everything in this movie is because it goes mm-hmm. all the way into the editing. Mm-hmm. You, you mentioned how the gravedigger says, what does he think? I'm a fart head. And the immediate cut to that is kids yelling. Yay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they all, they're all saying yes. So yeah, like, that's, that's the bit. immediate like, cut. That is a, another fucking, yeah, that's yeah. like a smothers, smothers yeah. brothers bit. Yeah. You that's know? a bit. There's yeah. Jason throws a sharp object and, puts it dead center in somebody's head the immediate oh, cut the immediate cut after that is to a dartboard yeah, yeah. like it's so, all yeah. very cart very almost so uh, not, not even airplane <laughs> but like a like like lethal weapon uh, or not lethal weapon a uh, 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 naked gun naked gun yeah 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 the, there is there is one very airplane naked gun uh zucker brothers joke in there that mm-hmm. is so quick you'll miss it and it just makes no sense but there's a scene where all the kids are going to bed 
and one of the just like one chubby faced little girl has a book on her chest and the book is no exit by john paul sartre okay nobody like john if anybody who knows john paul sartre he's a he's an existentialist philosopher (laughs) no kid under 10 is reading (laughs) see that's great that's like i didn't ever notice that before but that's such a great bit that's an airplane bit yeah Yeah. that that's like hot charts part do kind of bit you know what i mean yeah I, i love it i love it i i love just how like the 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 fucking dumb scene with you know like i said part six ned where he's ride he's driving the the winnebago mm-hmm. and he just keeps going like this is great boy this is really great this, this just- is great so many times it's, <laughs> i yeah. love it it's so funny and then that's when you get her face like you know pressed against the metal type of thing and in teenage <laughs> frankenstein playing like that whole scene's fucking great mm-hmm. and then then the winnebago flipping and then jason just popping out and standing on top just it just rules. Yeah, like that so scene epic. just fucking rules. And that and that goes uh, into your like talking about how it's like an action film now. Because yeah. they roll a Winnebago like oh, practically it's perfectly it's so executed great. too. Yeah. Like it's just beautiful. It's a thing of beauty. Um and then I love the one girl, which I I, I just can't stop referring to her as Lisa Turtle. The, the oh, like yeah. she has she has Lisa Lisa Turtle from Saved by the Bell's hair yeah. perfectly. Um, I can't get over, it, and I wonder if this was kind of an inside jokey type of thing where she's wearing suspenders under a shirt. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's just such a bold choice. I don't know why that just tickled me. Um, but she doesn't she this is where she she doesn't get yeeted as much as she gets yoinked <laughs> right. like out the window <laughs> like uh, it to yourself you don't go like yeet you yeah. go yoink like she yeah, gets yoinked yoink. through the window um <laughs> um and then she i i just like there's a really like i said creepy scene where that same girl who's re- i think it's the same girl who's reading the the book you were talking about um sees you know, Jason's kind of lurking outside the bunks at this point before he comes inside and she kind of sees him out the window. Like it's a creepy scene. It's like Jason is like lurking around like, like, um, you know, he's like, like a wild animal that's escaped Mm -hmm. or something. You know what I mean? Like he has no, like you said, like we said earlier, he's not hiding. He's not being slick. He is just like he has no self, self sense of like self preservation at all. He's just like a like a wild animal on the loose kind of thing. Um, but uh, I, <laughs> there's also a very comedic, again naked gun style scene where sh- where Megan makes tommy put his head down in her crotch yeah yeah and is like basically like trying to like suggesting that she's gonna like he's gonna give her road head basically and then <laughs> miss uh, opportunity i kind of wish that was because even the seeing her drive the car i'm like come on guys well she even says like that's where i want you or something and then <laughs> yeah. she goes and then she's like hold on here's a hairy turn <laughs> like yeah there's some, like, really <laughs> crass kind of humor in there which i like um but uh, yes, even some of the off-screen kills are like simultaneously brutal and silly. Where like he comes in, and I I don't even remember who he kills, but he comes into the room and just grabs her, and then you just it's like oh that was kind of an off-screen kill. Blood splashes on the on the window, but then he throws her through the window and then grabs her and pulls her back in. Yeah, <laughs> defenestration uh, is like a hallmark of this. 
franchise. And if yeah. somebody's not getting thrown through a window, did you make a Jason film? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's like that's maybe the one of the most critical elements of this franchise. Um, but uh, yeah, o- overall, just the character of Megan is just I fucking love this character. Um, w- one of the best lines in the franchise when they do the old uh, the old uh, old West switcheroo where they they trick trick the stupid you know shitty deputy mm-hmm. into getting you know into like a, luring them into false sense security where Megan can grab his gun with the big silly laser scope on it yeah. <laughs> and when he's like uh you know you're gonna regret this you know you know give this 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 up or whatever and she says i'm not the one with the funny red nose and she's pointing the, yeah. the laser scope <laughs> on his nose just such a great such a great uh line i do have a very uh, selfish comment in general um because i was like happy to see a character named Megan that was like more of a heroine who wasn't a shitty character. You don't end up hating at the end of it. <laughs> yeah. And this is like after me sending you guys even that preview or that poster for that new movie called Megan, which basically looks like Megan's just like creepy doll. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. many Megan has used that context, guys, a lot. Yeah, <laughs> it's a personal thing for me. So the name you know Megan what? is dragged through the mud. <laughs> you mean, and I feel for you. You mean mm, Thregan? <laughs> it's like yeah s cream yeah it's like it's like a sh- shitty robot fucking movie <laughs> yeah i don't know i o- literally only saw that still image you sent but um yeah uh there's a silly scene with the kid praying where jason like is over top of her but then gets kind of pulled away like that one that was a little silly i don't know if it it was I mean, I I can't tell if it was meant to be funny or or add tension or both. I don't know. Yeah, um, that that scene didn't do anything for me because the, same. The, this I, is, yeah, I didn't love it. Yeah, this is where like I they should have just taken the kids off the table. If you're not going to really actually imperil them or kill them or do anything with them, just yeah. take them off the table. Because like when he's walking through the bunks, he's passing all these other easy targets. Yeah, you know, and it's just like that's not Jason. Well, at this point, I Jason's think it's a, safe to say he's after Tommy, though. I, not really, because he's still killing everybody else in the camp. He is, but everyone else is kind of just like in his way. In a, in a, you know what I mean? Like, nah. like I said, he's he's just like a a, a wild animal that's running amok. But right, he, he can ultimately, if he, like, ultimately, it feels like. Tommy is in the back of his head. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, you know yeah. I, this movie definitely makes it feel like he has more of a choice. Whereas like even going back to my comment about the first one and I feel the same way about the f- number four where like there is this level of chaos in what Jason does. Yeah. That, you yeah, know, he's like, a little bit less predictable in this so, one. So like, yeah. So I feel like I had a similar feeling because there was actually one chick that just kind of like went back to bed and I was like, did we even see her get killed? Like she, the one that, um, the Lisa turtle character. That yeah. Kind of but really, she's in the bed yeah, beside her and she's like, right. go, yeah, go, go get him or pretend to be him a lesson a, or whatever. Pretend to be sleeping. And then you're going to live or something like that, like play dead. And I feel mm-hmm. like, again, I do agree that like, I, I felt like that was a little out of character too. I didn't make that note. Yeah, I mean, they they definitely were setting up some like they were trying to set up kills a little bit at times, it felt like. But um, I mean, I guess you could probably call that out with any 
any film in this franchise, but I do like the the silliness of like when they go into the the room where sh- that girl I think is the one who was killed, and the bunk is just like the amount of blood in the bunk is just so gratuitous. It looks <laughs> like like four cows worth of blood yeah. were just like sprayed all over yeah. the room. It's, I wish uh, I had that job. I would have loved that job. <laughs> just a blood spray person. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you get Jason with the throwing knife, which is just such a silly in the best possible way. Um, I I this I I only noticed this for the first time in this watch is when Megan's dad, the cop, who is trying to protect her, but also protect the kids, and like you do feel for him a little bit, even though he was a total prick earlier in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like you do spin around to start caring for him a little bit. Goes in and tells all the kids to get under the bed in the bunk, and he puts all the kids in one bunk. Um, and then we tells him that there's just a scene of all the kids diving under the bunks. Did you notice that? Yeah. And it reminded me of the way that the one guy dives into the lake when they think that Ned is drowning in the first movie and basically does like a belly flop, (laughs) like this really clumsy, (laughs) shitty dive. All the kids do that. And I like to imagine that that was a callback, but I don't think it was. Um, Who knows? Maybe it was. I mean, because, I mean, there's there's a yellow VW Beetle. In this movie, which is a callback, it's callback to three. So who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, you're right. Now I'm starting to convince myself that it was on purpose. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I. So, quick question: the one deputy cop, not the one that gets locked in the cell, but the other one who first finds that the little girl who's like, "There's a scary man," blah blah blah, you know. Mm-hmm. And then Jason comes around, and then um just snaps like twists his head basically i think mm-hmm. uh, he gives, or, he gives he him squeezes. more of the compactor yeah gives him yeah he gives, him, he gives yes, he gives he, he crushes compactor, guys yeah. yeah and then like they find him on the ground and of course there's like blood coming out of his eyes and stuff but it looks like there's a bunch of boogers coming out of his nose there too. Was. <laughs> and i'm like does that happen when you die is it like how you <laughs> void your bowels when you die but all the boogers launch out of your nose too? <laughs> Well, it's not like that. It's like when Jason compresses your head and squeezes the boogers out yeah, your and head. And all the boogers comes out yeah. like like a toothpaste tube. Yeah. I mean, I like, I like to imagine that. Yeah, he squeezed, um, he squeezed them from the back and it was allergy season. <laughs> <laughs> and then quickly after this, probably the funniest bit of the movie, which is Jason keeps popping up. Yeah. Uh, and then playing possum and then popping up again, then playing possum. Uh, just such a fucking funny bit. But also like the music is so earnest that it's like yeah this is scary but it's so silly mm-hmm. um uh, and then right after that maybe my first move my f- favorite line in the movie which is the kids that are hiding in the bunk under the bed and he says something about earlier he's, when they hear somebody screaming she's, he's like we're dead meat and then he's like we're definitely dead meat and then the one kid turns to the other kid and goes what were you going to be when you grow up it's <laughs> <laughs> like such a perfect black comedy line yeah. of like these kids who have just accepted they're going to die like yeah. it's just so grim but so funny at the same time there's there's a great there's a great thing with them earlier on too because they're getting they're getting uh like boy scouting tips or whatever from ned oh yeah from shitty yeah. part six ned yeah yeah and they say oh if this is <laughs> if this is the best it's gonna get we're gonna be in big trouble and then yeah immediate cut to jason walking through the woods yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's just yeah just more comedy editing yeah yeah mm-hmm. um here's the part that i really thought was like a good way that they 
made made things feel higher stakes and scarier is like the performance by the by Megan's dad the cop I think was pretty it's a pretty good performance like mm-hmm. it's really it's very desperate like he he definitely communicates the the desperation of the situation well and he kind of does all the right things like a lot of times in this movie you're like why would you do that you asshole don't go out and you know explore the the woods don't do this don't do that he actually does kind of does the things that you would expect a person with you know that can operate under pressure to do and then when megan gets attacked he runs and attacks jason to obviously to save her Mm -hmm. but then he still gets folded in half like a lawn chair yeah (laughs) and it's just like it's silly but also kind of terrifying because like he's not playing it for laughs and he was doing all the right things that maybe you would do in this situation Mm -hmm. but then he still gets comedically murdered well and like yeah because he just at that at that point he had already thrown away his guns knowing that like guns are ineffective well he ran out of ammo too well no because i think he only shot jason like three times with the pistol but i i think it i think jason the shotgun he threw away because he was out of rounds right but then then the pistol the pistol was a revolver and i think he he shot him he shoots him twice and then i think the third shot he hits him right in the head and it doesn't do anything and he just throws it he doesn't so he doesn't expend the mag he just goes "Ah, this isn't gonna do shit and runs away his head kind of pops back and he's just like ah fuck it and then he runs into the woods um and then uh yeah but so 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 he gets it and then tommy you know lures jason away from he's he's go he's in he's in the cabin with all the kids you know he's megan is i forget in there too or is in harm's way and tommy lures jason away from the kids by um calling jason a maggot a maggot head and then also he's like Come on, I'm waiting for you, pussy. <laughs> the way he calls him a pussy is so weird. Like the phrasing, uh, he's like, yeah, pussy. Um, and then uh, Tommy's plan, you know, not well thought out. He did not expect Jason to just walk into the water, um, just like yeah. walk to the bottom <laughs> of the lake. Um, and then he just dumps gas all over the water, which I'm not really sure what his plan was there, but it looks rad. So I think know, that whatever. was it. I think it looks rad. <laughs> Yeah. That was the plan. And then he, he does get Jason, which is to say Jason jumps out of the water behind him, mm-hmm. which is obviously a, a, an homage to the first film. Um, and then uh, it, it's, f- I, again, this is something that's throughout the franchise problematic for me, which is he just folded a guy in half, but now he like gets pushed overboard by Tommy fucking Jarvis. You know what I mean? Right. Like he he's, the strength is never is never consistent at all. And that's, again, that's, through the whole film that's through the halloween franchise like any you know slightly supernatural serial killer kind of thing um but uh you did get a, you do get a pretty good burn scene here uh until jason just cross bodies the boat and breaks <laughs> it in half um and then all this happened and now jason can't lift a rock off the bottom of the water i don't love that part of it right. um and then also <laughs> it made me laugh out loud solely my own because i was watching this and i was a little bit stoned and i was like when the little kid goes is he killed i was like <laughs> i wanted her to go what 
shut up what? <laughs> like what? no one says is he killed no one says that and then i imagine that scene from or that line from willy wonka and he's like is he killed and i just wanted him her to ch- turn to him and go open your mouth a little wider when you speak <laughs> I don't know why in my mind that just cracked me up last night um but megan ultimately gets uh gets him with the outboard motor and, and you just get a bunch of of jason chunks she takes the outboard motor to the face or he takes the outdoor or outboard motor on the boat to the face and then megan uh saves tommy um and uh yeah uh, and then you know he's obviously not dead you get you get the uh the the eyes kind of widening thing and then you get again some some alice cooper man behind the mask during the credits which is fucking great um i kind of presume yeah. that jason's blood might be like black and not red but that was yeah or like a weird true. color or like you know what i mean i mean i know why they did it but like <laughs> yeah, that's true. At this point, when you've been lot. dead in the grave for so long, why do you have bright red blood? Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Undead Whatever. Jason is the joke of a cruel god, so. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> it's like, why did lightning bring him back? Lightning didn't bring him back. A cruel god did. <laughs> Frankenstein shit, man. Yeah, it's Frankenstein shit. So that's it. That is Friday the 13th, part six. I mean, I gotta, I gotta just call out, like, how fucking cool this soundtrack is between um the man behind the i think actually the song's called he's back in parentheses the man behind the mask um uh mm-hmm. teenage frankenstein hard rocks hard rock summer there is another sweet ass theme um oh what the hell is it there's another there's another movie on the sound or there's another song which i'm i'm uh floundering here trying to find the the franchise or i'm sorry find the uh the soundtrack but it's this the soundtrack in this one's my favorite of the franchise which makes makes a big difference for me but yeah that's where we're at so let's go to the gauntlet let's go let's do it let's vote is anybody switching their vote no i guess i'm I'm playing devil's advocate in ways and I'm going to say no for okay. myself. Okay. I am also not going to. So let's go in order that we discuss them. I don't want that. I feel like. Yeah, I know you don't. What <laughs> no, no, is no. your <laughs> I feel like. Well, here's what, here's what it comes out. Maybe that'll be anticlimactic. I feel like I am going to be more of the deciding factor tonight. That's probably true. So, so, so I will, I will like, get that out of the way. Let's just and, go for it. And you guys go, what is your second pick? Yeah, that's probably fair. Um, mine is four. Because honestly, to me, four and six are, are a toss-up. I really could pick either one of these in terms of my favorite movie in the franchise. Um, I am going to just eke out six, but there's a lot of trade-off there. Um, but I am definitely going to say four as my second pick. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I was actually kind of conflicted going into this, but then Brian actually hurt the original in my mind a lot mm, because yeah. he reminded me of all the things it stole from. And sure. I was like, yeah, actually, sure. that first one wasn't that original. It just lifted mm-hmm. a bunch of things. Oh, yeah. It's a, the most ripoff movie ever in a great way. It did sure. it masterfully, yeah. but. Yeah. 
but like the things I love about the first one are like the Tom Savini effects, obviously. And like, there's a lot of good things about the first one. And it like, if you're watching a Jason movie, like you want boobs and you want blood and six lacks, but also it has so many other good things mm-hmm. about it. And, but yeah, that's why I take six as my second gotcha. choice. Okay. All right. So this is why I figured I was going to be the toss up because even just after a conversation and like even rewatching it, I, I think there are just like really good things that one still brings to the table that like kicked off this franchise. So I, but like, I'm not offended that I know mine wasn't going to probably win after watching, rewatching it. Um, I walking into this definitely felt more attached to six, but I feel like that came from a spot of like maybe immaturity in my own, like watching of horror films, but also watching of this franchise. And then I felt a little more attached to four after like us discussing it and then thinking about what are like the things that I would expect out of this franchise. And again, you guys could probably, we could probably argue for this too or you guys could correct me of like, when I think about this franchise, I do think about slashers. I do think about like less of the comedy and like more of, you know, boobs slashing, you know, let's go for the general things. But I still feel, I do still feel um, conflicted. Um, Did you guys want to add any comments after I just said that? Of like what the other films could bring the table to like give me any sort of final say on it? Did would, anyone? Did any other ones hit more of like slasher, or did they all go like their own completely different route? I mean, uh, two and three hmm. are pretty straightforward slashers. Yeah. Four, I think, has more character development and and all that sort of thing. Five went giallo. Six went mm-hmm. cartoonish. Seven went supernatural. Yeah. It's supernatural, eight but it's went still really dumb. Eight is I I haven't seen it in so long. It's so hard for mm. me to like, but it just doesn't work a lot of the time. Yeah, mm. yeah. Eight eight was pretty lowbrow in a lot of ways. Um, I still like it, but eight was more like exploitation to me in a lot of ways because mm-hmm. it like was a bait mm. and switch almost. And then nine okay. went supernatural, and then ten went into space. So yeah. it's all, they, the franchise oh, okay. is all over the fucking place. It definitely place. isn't all yeah. over the place. I guess if we're thinking about like even just like some because six definitely was like touching on slasher, touching on like OG stuff of like we're bringing it back, we're bringing it into the camp and stuff like that. I I do think my heart is like going towards four for my final answer specifically because if I'm thinking about if I have to make the final choice, then I think that one might touch on like the best of the three. I Brian, but I do have to say that I I'm not discrediting. I actually walked into this episode being like I I would rewatch yeah. six over and over again. I would genuinely. I I, I think four is the best version of the slash just a pure slasher Hmm. whereas five is giallo slasher six is comedy slasher seven is supernatural slasher eight is money grab slasher (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. Yeah. nine is money grab slasher but worse (laughs) 10 is 10 is fun 10 is fun which 10 is which but steve i do have to say in me choosing your film 
I'm hoping you give us some leniency. That's on not how that works. <laughs> yeah, I think Meg is gonna. I will say, it, it, honestly, force probably might. <sighs> Four, I might like four, and I actually toyed with the idea of voting for four over six because I love four and six, mm -hmm. and they were neck and neck in my mind when we kind of drew straws on what we're going to pick, and then Steve picked four, so I was like, oh, I'll pick six. But I mean, mm -hmm. I don't think it's a bad six, pick. I if literally six had like Tom Savini, it would be far away my favorite. Oh yeah, but yeah, but, six, but sure, yeah, sure, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. It just it's missing yeah, the Savini magic. Yeah, if if six spent. The goodwill it earned being funny, if it spent it on being fucking gross and crazy, it would have mm -hmm. been, it'd be the best overall. But it kind of peaks early on yeah. with that. That aspect of the movie peaks early on. Yeah, that, like. that, that first scene is unbeatable. I just, I just yeah. don't want to say too many negative things about Six, just because like I genuinely had fun with it. I, that would be, I would watch that one again before I watch four. But if I have to make a decision based on like, us choosing this franchise, I would choose four yeah. as like representative. Mm. I, I could not argue with that's that all. logic. That's I, I feel that that is that is sound yeah. logic, but I do want you to fully understand the gravity of what you've done to us. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I and I want yeah, you to I'm live like, with your decision like really and sit with right your now. decision. <laughs> We're all going to live with this one. <laughs> so, so, as the new champ. Steve, how many times do I need to punch myself in the face? So pleased with I did find right my now. mushrooms and moving too. So if I need to watch mushrooms or take mushrooms, then I will uh, do that. Hey, it, it might help. Okay. It might help. So, in past episodes, when I was granted my championship and uh my punishment movie was <laughs> cradle of fear which right. which starred danny filth so <laughs> let's come back to this theme and i'm going to pick a film that not only it, it doesn't star the heavy metal oh god damn it i know what you're gonna but, do hey uh, brian you made I, reference to him earlier uh, i know exactly <laughs> what you're gonna do we're gonna fucking what? watch what is happening glenn danzig's movie aren't we we're gonna watch glenn danzig's director directorial <laughs> debut oh, no veronica <laughs> Jesus Christ on a cracker, guys. <laughs> I have not seen this movie. I have what saw clips of it, and it has been described to me as the most inept horror movie. <laughs> like somebody with with good taste in horror movies said it was the most inept horror right movie now. they'd ever seen. You know, Steve, I love you, but I hate you right now. Like I'm Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's the point. <laughs> Oh, here's my question. Do we have to pay money for Veronica? Is is I, it free to stream? I will not. I better give them I will, money. I will see about sending you cookie recipes. <laughs> oh, God. I of just course you would. don't of want you Glenn Danzig to spend my money on <laughs> kitty litter. <laughs> Uh, I actually have been meaning to watch this and it's just one of those things where I couldn't bring myself to watch it because I heard it was so just abysmal mm -hmm. um, but mm -hmm. I did there were points of fucking Danny Filth's movie that I genuinely enjoyed right so I'm hoping it's in that vein we shall see oh I'm sure there, I'm sure there's things to laugh at but yeah 
yeah yeah and well that and when i say enjoy i mean i mean laughed at i'm right. getting a chuckle out of so oh god all i'm imagining is that youtube clip of of in black and white of danzig sitting by candlelight going <laughs> you know there's lots of stories in the in the, in the books of the bible that were omitted from the bible like that fucking sketch oh, i don't God. like i don't like the way you're talking about glenn danzig auteur. <laughs> he's so annoying he's so funny and he never wears a shirt um good god guys all right we've brought this upon ourselves we are going to watch veronica uh by you know what, Brian? I'm, I might actually blame you here specifically because you could have been a little bit more stern. I almost think you Well, because in time. my heart, I do I'm think I like you. four better. And I, okay. I kind of wrote my own death certificate here because I let I didn't argue about who should pick first and Steve picked first because in my mind mm -hmm. I was like four and six sure. are equal. But then when I watched them literally back to back last night, I watched one the night before last and I watched four and six back to back and I was like, oh, yeah, four is better. Um, six is un more unique, <laughs> I would say. But for anyway, so I uh, yeah, I sealed my own fate here. But uh, yeah, you heard it here, folks. We're, we're we are checking out. Mr. Glenjamin Danzig's <laughs> directorial debut, Veronica. So go out and check that out. And uh, yeah, we're going to talk about it next week. And in the meantime, if you haven't already, follow us on the social medias. If you can't find it, just go in the old search bar, type in Halloween is forever. It's a damn little 8-bit pumpkin guy that Steve drew. Uh, and we got some spooky ooky shit on there and videos of us, you know, doing dumb stuff. And if, oh, if you haven't already and you do follow us on those platforms, go follow us over on Tiki Talkies because we also do have one of them Tiki Talkies. Um, and uh, we do occasionally shotgun beers on there as well. So uh, <laughs> any final thoughts, anything else we need to discuss before we wrap up this bitch? No, we're pretty good. All right. No, I'm probably gonna go like. Smash I'm gonna go a beer sit, sit bit, in my fine. dirty pee pants and imagine <laughs> Veronica. I'm so sitting <laughs> in sit my, my dirty pee pants. pants all day. Um. All right. For the Halloween is Forever crew, I'm Brian. I'm Meg. And I sit upon a throne of skulls in a hall of pain. <laughs> 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 <laughs>